0: We the bestest Cast with the left twist Pat fairly well-dressed Put me on the guest list The guest list
1: uh, Yeah, on the guest list Yeah uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List With Fox trying to get down White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkey, and Dante Big week, two interviews uh, We have Illiterate Light, one of my favorite bands out right now Out on the road as we speak And they are also dropping a new record in January And we also have Mark Needham, a fucking legend of the mixing, mastering, and production game. We go into some great stories about Fleetwood Mac and the killers with him. Unbelievable interviews, but a lot to get to. And guys, I told you, I kind of wanted to start it with a scary story. And I thought I would just, I just Googled rock and roll horror stories. And uh, I found 10 of them here. uh, And it turns out they're all just the accounts of 10 musicians suicides. (laughs) That's Uh all I found. I literally looked up rock and roll horror stories and it's like number six. Kurt Cobain, (laughs) number 10, Elvis died on the toilet, number seven, Jim Morrison's death, John Lennon gets murdered, all it is is people getting murdered, there's no horror stories, it's just murder. There's
2: this uh, hotel in Los Angeles that Keith Moon used to just beat the shit out of that apparently he haunts.
1: Oh, I didn't know that actually. Like like what?
2: Uh, You know what? I'm not going to lie. I was lying right there. I was just making shit up. <laughs> all right.
3: Not
1: well, good to know. I was,
2: was going to try to improv right there, but I would have fucked it up. So, not even worth it.
1: <laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> that was actually like pretty awesome. All right. Let's go right here. I got Colin a little bit,
0: though. He did. I totally believe that I 100%. A lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, when you go tour, right, and you go to all the venues across the states, there's a lot of haunted ones. One in particular, I remember, was in Niagara Falls. Fuck, i forgot the name of it but it's like it used to be an orchestra like have an orchestra pit and then they just built on top of it and the story was that like one of the musicians hung themselves ball and they give like haunted tours after the show at like 3 a.m you go down in the basement and the old orchestra pit is still there do you ever oh, watch those sweet.
2: tv shows like ghost hunters and shit like really bad reality tv okay. that's on during the day during the week so it's like the opposite of prime time and everything yeah I used to watch shows like when I would fake sick from school and shit like that. They're actually kind of, they're, at, they're, they're entertaining. You ever do a ghost tour? Uh,
1: no, I no, I have not. I did one in Charleston a couple months ago. And, uh, we were all too fucking hammered to do it. It was like my wife and her family and we were just fucking shit. By the end of the tour, everybody was just, we were all just laying on the graves. Like there was just like mausoleums and shit. We were all just like leaning against them. We were too drunk to do it. My um, old uh,
0: manager and AWOL had a haunted story about the Driscoll hotel in Austin, which is a supposedly like super haunted, like famously on it in there. I was going to say, Dante shaking his head. He knows he says that he was in the elevator with a guy who was dressed like he was in the 1900s or whatever, didn't think anything of it, had a whole conversation like about how the ho- a hotel is famous and it actually haunted. And then he said, the guy walked out first and turned right. And then Burko walked out, turned left, looked over his shoulder and there was nobody there. I don't know whether it's true. Or
1: <laughs> that, do you see that just gave me the chills a little bit. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? Like, are we all podcasts who all believe in ghosts? I do Yeah. 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 Dante. Dante
0: you know what i mean it's like okay easy enough no they don't exist it's like what do we really know you don't fucking know
2: anything i don't
1: know anything dude i literally and that's why i believe in aliens too because i don't know shit the
2: on the last rogan episode they had fuck what's his name bill sherman or something Mm -hmm. he he runs like the national uh national something of skeptics (laughs) so anytime someone says anything like even if it's just like alien like i love alien shit just for the entertainment purposes but he like sits there and shits on it like no it's not it's not true for x y and z reasons that was like, like a negative fancy. That. that
1: guy must be fun at parties yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> exactly like... rogan's just sitting on the entire interview just like well what about this reason And the guy'd be like uh uh well that's the exception like there's <laughs> anomalies and i was like dude fuck this guy
1: that guy's also the uh chairman of not getting pussy committee <laughs> because yeah. i think you want to know of the real same. <laughs> I'll tell this you. This
2: guy sounds miserable.
0: Miserable.
1: Fuck. He
2: he's he literally is like the founder of a big organ. Hold on, let me look him up real quick. Uh, you guys can talk, but yeah, I was like, "Fuck this guy." But I I believe in
1: aliens a hundred percent. I mean, dude, we, we had to talk about Halloween a little bit because. On, go Good. ahead. Go ahead. After you.
2: Well, so I've the algorithm has hit uh on instagram it's hit me to it feeds me a bunch of these weird sciencey accounts and shit and um have you ever seen the ones where it'll be like it'll show a picture of the earth and then it just keeps it's like a camera from a bird's eye view and it just goes out yeah um into outer space into the solar system into the galaxy and it shows you like how small and insignificant like we are amongst the entire universe and multiple universes yeah there's a thousand percent fucking other worlds out there that oh, we yeah. could be like in a couple million years or something, assuming we don't blow each other up or blow our planet up on our we own. Will. And then we're going to be playing like baseball and football games against some like interplanetary, like, I, like the world will be a inter-planetary team like Chicago's team.
0: football. That sounds fucking incredible. Yeah. We've got the team. Uh, I believe in aliens a hundred percent. I do as, as stupid as he is. I, Elon Musk said it in a real interesting way of like, if there's so many fucking aliens out there, where the fuck are they? And I
1: was like, yo, fuck, I don't know. You know, Ooh, this so is a spooky so episode. Yeah. Well, we can't, we can't talk about it on Monday because for Halloween on Monday, I will be at the fucking world series. I got tickets to the world series. Enjoy it. <laughs> Mark. Did you
2: go in, in 2000, what was it? 2011, 2008 was when we won.
1: That's what, yeah. And, and in then 09, we went, do you and think we that, lost okay. the there's going to be riots in the streets of Philly? <laughs> I, th- dude, everybody brings it up as if we, like, burn the city down. It's the most... Dude, 2007, 2018 for the Eagles was the most loving experience of my life. I hugged homeless people left and right, dude. I was having a great time. Ew. Um I'm just kidding. I, I'm a little worried because the Astros are a fucking wagon. But. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I, I thought the first thing... Same thing about the that first two rounds. Like, that
4: makes me like Philly even more. Look, Dave, we told, got, Dave told me uh, Tampa
2: was going to route
4: Cleveland
2: uh i never told you that
1: i have text messages (laughs) you're gonna have to pull those receipts because i did not say that i will have (laughs) you guys seen the 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 phillies like i don't know every fucking phillies like philly sports team needs to have like a song that goes along with like the pennant run or whatever
2: yeah that's the best part of like the pennant runs is is that kind of fanfare and
1: pageantry well so it's fun for because we we buy into it way too hard but it's a very weird song that is, like, our, like, theme song. And it's uh, Dancing on My Own by Robin. It's, like, a 30-year-old song, but it was redone by this guy not, named Caleb. It's not that old, but it's I Robin was. It, I, thought Robin was it, I thought Robin was, like, weird. nice. Yeah, well, it's so it's, the story behind it is even weirder. Uh, it's this dude, Caleb Scott, and the song is a cover of a cover of a cover. Uh, it's a remix by Tiesto. Uh, and they asked Schwarber why that is the song. And Schwarber just said, "There's no actual reason. It just was on the playlist all year," which is just like, "All right, my guys get fucking rowdy. They they have a good time." So, um, I would love to have that guy on the podcast podcast and ask him, like, "What the fuck? What were you expecting when like the Phillies went abusing your song as the pennant run song?" But um, no, there's a lot to get into, uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, first things first, go watch the new episode of Barstool Backstage with John Summit. Uh, was an awesome time. Chicago guy, really great guy. The guys who worked on it did an amazing job. Uh, Shout out to the Brooklyn Mirage Uh, Dante, Summit is the man you were correct
2: Did Dante freeze? No, you
1: froze What did you say? Summit is what? The man Oh, fucking coolest guy in the world He's the fucking man It was a great episode, go watch it, it's everywhere right now Uh, But after that, we had a lot of new music drop And there's two albums that I do want to talk about uh, we got new No Worries, which is Anderson Pack and uh, and uh, Knowledge, which is fucking so sick. We got the new Arctic Monkeys album. We got dude, the new Carly Rae. You gonna... love Knowledge. I do. Oh, dude, I do. I love the to death. I, know. I love Anderson Pack. Um, I also want to get into the new Carly Rae Jepson album, Smino, Sam Fender. And then the number one album we have to talk about is the Taylor Swift album. We'll go through it quickly. But I just want to say right off the top, I did listen to it. I listened to it with an open mind. Uh, I wasn't hating um i will give my direct feedback I thought it was okay nothing crazy uh i thought the taylor swift album was pretty good but i did listen to it with the perspective of, like if i didn't know this was taylor swift would i really like it uh i think i'd like it more honestly Same. Uh, but don- yeah i I-, I, didn't was a listen- little- I didn't listen to it that way but since you just said that
4: i think i would have liked it even more
1: well it's like when we talk about uh what's a willow smith and i said when i found her songs that i liked i didn't know they were willow smith and i really enjoyed them like listening to the taylor swift album i didn't think it was anything special or or, like earth shattering but it was listenable and i thought it was pretty cool what's the 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 big song off of it with all the quote because there's a million quotables on it it's any hero any hero i thought it was pretty Mm -hmm. good it's very obviously a jack antonoff project um but it's all right it's nothing crazy she's still shitting on john mayer like fucking 15 years later I don't fucking know good. Um, that, I, that I don't
4: understand
1: I don't do get what, it either
4: you know what I really liked about it though um it sounds like a church's album yes to me oh that's actually I, really
1: good they're one
4: they're one of my favorite fucking groups and it, hmm. it's a, it's a new sound for her it's it's that like indie rock um I mean there's even like kind of like electro rock on a few of these tracks um antonoff i mean you you know when you first met me i i hated the guy I couldn't stand him um i'm a huge he, he's like converted me i'm i'm a huge fan of his now he's so fucking good i'm just like in awe at his workload how much he's able to actually produce and the quality is like unfucking unreal
0: let me ask you this she goes from country to pop now into my world of like indie alternative yeah pop. What do you think's next? Do you think she start makes a rap record? Yes,
2: absolutely. Did I'm you right. she had that honestly? It was a spoof of like herself being I a said, little pri- when she did that. What was that on like SNL or something?
1: Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. What and
2: it wasn't that horrific.
1: Yeah, with T Pain. Yeah. It wasn't that horrific. She's I would, awesome. I would pay money if her and like Lil baby did like a duo like DJ drama mixtape. I would like dude, to hear I, that.
4: Dude, I'm telling you, this this Drake song exists. We we posted that clip, and the two record exec guys I know that heard it, com- like commented on my story to me and were like, "You weren't supposed to tell anybody about this." And I was like, "I Whoa. haven't even fucking heard it."
1: So it, it's legit. It's out there. One, one day we'll fucking hear it. And then the internet stands will go crazy. That is the one thing about the Taylor Swift stuff that annoys me. And I think I actually, it's like just desserts for me because the way that I, for a long time treated Kanye records, where I just listened to it with the perspective of like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Cause it's Kanye. I think Taylor Swift people do the same thing. And I now think maybe that's, maybe that's why I don't like it. Maybe I just want to yeah. be an asshole.
4: It's it's really annoying now. It didn't used to be that way. It used to be the opposite. She used to have so many haters. And it was like her lunatic diehards now were so young that they like weren't really on social media. No one really paid attention to them. So it was kind of weird to be older and like her. And then 1989 dropped. And then everybody fucking loved her. And now her core fans from when she was little are older now so now she just has this monster fucking fan base that you can't get away from that just like kisses her ass no matter what she drops that was my problem with evermore AKA and vocal. you
0: aka dante
4: no i dude i didn't like the last two albums honestly like,
0: 1989 was a fucking smash great oh, album
4: smash but in reputation stunk um And then the two acoustic albums she
1: dropped over COVID. Like, that's more like in Dave's wheelhouse. Like, I I, like, I I like, well, I liked the National a lot and they did a lot of production on those records, which I really liked.
4: Yeah, Uh, see, personally, I I didn't, I didn't really like those. I was like, you know, they're good songs. They're well-written, but I'm not going to like.
1: I can't argue that. Taylor
0: Swift, Max Martin is just better. Taylor Swift, Jack Antonoff. Fuck yeah.
1: Kenny, answer me this as a songwriter. Do you listen to her shit, and, and can you just predict the next move of everything she does? I feel like she is so formulaic. Like, the, the type of music changes, but she writes, like, verse with quotables, pre-chorus is, that's extended,
0: chorus Well, she masks it well because the lyrics are so good, the progressions are yeah. so good, the production's so good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there is a formula, but it's a lot more noticeable and less good songs. Yeah.
4: There you go. Colin, I don't know if you read my blog, but I broke down a few of the like standout songs i mean kenny just hit the nail on the head there are like there's shit that she did in this album that she is she's just showing off now because yeah there's like like you just said extended pre-choruses um antonoff does like he warps a a core like a um you fucking call it accordion no it's like an it's like almost like an echo effect Mm. um i think it's on that maroon song i i wrote about it in my blog but there was just so many tricks if you listen like on a really good system um it's almost like like the 1975 shit that antonoff did too with like the little like snippets in the background love that. And shit. like yeah there's like there's
0: shop a samples of, type things you
5: know
4: what's yeah a- there's a ton of stuff going on on these
0: songs trip the formula is so ca- like carved in stone that every time as a songwriter you're like ooh, i get to do something fucking different than verse yeah. chorus verse chorus or whatever it is one of my favorite examples abba dancing queen starts with a
1: fucking pre chorus, chorus right oh yeah, yeah nutty song it's pretty fucking wild um other than that, uh, an album that I didn't like from a band that I love. What the fuck are the Arctic Monkeys doing? I have no idea what rich, I'm even listening to at this point. Yeah, they're being guy. rich, but dude, egotistical weird. rich white guy. Self weird here. weird record, dude. Not a not a big fan. these um, uh, people kind of people kind of uh, like.
4: I don't know the word like I'm trying to think of the word but my fucking brain's not working they like snapped back at me when I tweeted that a lot really? of people were like yeah a lot of people were like dude it's fucking it's a vibe it's such a great like you know driving album and what do you want to like, fall
1: asleep at the wheel
4: you know they're like oh you just want like the same shit over and over I was just like no it just it just was weird to me like
0: I got weird. a uh, I got a b minus Alex Turner story my, uh, we were at the LAX, the whole band, and Alex Turner was there at baggage claim, and my guitar player is like, "Dude, I can't, help. I gotta go say hi, I gotta go say hi." He went over there and he goes, "Alex, huge fan, my name's Zach," and Alex just goes, "Cool," and then turns the other <laughs> 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 That's what I want out of Alex Turner. Dude, it's he's like fucking rocks. Came back with his head all down. like What a and- dick.
1: Yeah. Cool, <laughs> yeah, cool. That's pretty sick. Yo, don't make, um, like dick. Yeah, I look. I I love the Arctic Monkeys, but I that record just didn't do, make my dick wiggle. I didn't like it. Um, but other than that, I think there's a lot of good music coming this week. is dropping a new album. Rihanna's finally dropping a new song. Uh, there's a lot of shit coming. Uh, Zach Bryan continues to drop great singles week after week, yep. which I've been really enjoying. That.
2: Yo, Rihanna um, Super Bowl shows. He's, he was named opener at the Windy City Smokeout next year, or really? not to opener the headliner. Headline. No shit. Yeah, the headline. Yeah.
4: He opened this or he didn't open, but he had like an afternoon slot this year. Right.
2: Right. Love and now he's he's headlining next year. Um, I am gonna do what I can to get our guys 49 Winchester there next year. I Fuck think I yeah, can pull dude. some
1: strings. 49 Winchester coming next week. That was a great interview me and Dave did yep. yesterday. Really great interview. They're good dudes. How um, um how did you guys like
4: how did they get on your radars? I like, I feel like you just started talking about them. And now I'm yeah. like seeing their name fucking everywhere.
2: Colin sent it to me. I blogged about it. Uh Someone tagged like the band and us on Twitter and they DM me and, on Twitter. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, that was it. Nice. I feel fucking awesome, by the way. Yeah. They like, they're one of those bands to me that like supersedes genre or musical taste. Yep. They're Agreed. really fucking good. <laughs> and
4: uh, I, I, Dave, I remember that blog. Now that's, that's where I, I first heard of them. And then. Obviously, they're, they've are they been in our group chat, but I've been seeing them all over on social media and shit. Dude,
2: yeah. Yeah,
4: like, right, like, they've been since a month ago. Bro, are, was that blog not the perfect example of what fucking losers, barstool comments? <laughs> we we talked that about up. that with them. Talked about we it we talked them. about that with them. All they do is fucking bitch about, oh, you guys have the worst musical taste ever. Blah, blah, blah. You guys suck. Then when you post something they like, they still can't be happy. They've been out forever. Yeah. Where the fuck have you been? You're just just
2: weird about them now? You fucking lose They
4: even said
2: themselves it's, like, been impossible for them to get their fucking names out there because of where they come from. They're, like, from rural Virginia. They would have to drive 100 miles
1: just to, like, go play a hoedunk dive bar in the middle of Appalachia. That was my first reaction when I saw that blog. I was like, "This is so sick!" And the first fifteen comments are like, "Where the fuck have you been, dickhead?" These guys are huge. <laughs> they no, are, they're not they're huge. Not. They are
4: impossible, impossible to fucking please when it comes. Oh, to-
1: dude, wait! How did we not talk about this? Me and Kenny got in a war with the fucking commenter because we we posted a, the Barstool backstage page, posted something about Kanye, basically making fun of the fact that he said he would never get canceled and then lost all of his money. Uh, and this one random dude with like a Kanye fucking uh. Avatar was commenting, just fucking tearing us to shreds. And Kenny jumps in and hits him with the LOL. This dude must have commented back 15 fucking times and was like, I still have the most likes on this. I still have the most likes. You fucking suck. Dude, literally my, I had people texting me being like, yo, this kid is fucking nuts. But Kenny dives in with the LOL never fails. And I hit him back with the LOL. It was great. And I mean, we can't ignore the Kanye thing at this point. All I'm going to say is and I don't want to go into this too deep because it's a pain in my ass. Dude. What are you doing? I Jump Shark, he I fucking sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I got nothing. Look, Kanye, even if you don't mean what you're saying, you've alienated a bunch of people, said a bunch of fucked up shit, and we're all done fucking talking about it at this point. Like, I'm out. Th-
2: I like I I'm so out on this fucking guy. Obviously, what he said was despicable, but like I hate attention whores, and he yep. is king attention
1: whore. I mean, dude, if you got me burnt out, I'm burnout, out. And honestly, like. I had a lot of people like in our comments saying like he's just doing it to get out of his Adidas deal. All right, well, saying racist shit does not like absolve you just because you have business relations that you're worried about. It's fucking so childish and immature. And I don't care about what another girl man does. I need a fucking. I'm I'm done talking about that. I just don't. I'm fucking about to don't. mute the words Kanye on Twitter. And
2: yay,
6: and you do I that? Mean,
2: yeah, yeah. You can absolutely. Oh do yeah, that. dude. I Megan Markle. Uh, the royal family, like anything to do with the royal family, to me is muted on Twitter. It doesn't exist in my in my world. What
1: a random fight to have! I just don't give a flying fuck
2: about the royal family. I'm sorry, I'm we won you. the I revolutionary.
1: We won the Revolutionary War, so we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's no, their beat problem. Them
2: fucking sixty years after that in another war.
4: I'm with Goddamn. you. They're The most useless people on the fucking planet.
1: Hundred oh, percent. Wait, Great.
0: can we? I don't remember if we talked about, but Dante, you laughed at my uh. What was it? My Invisalign tweet.
6: <laughs> oh, that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you see
0: that? I, I, I remember re- refresh my mind. Yes. I yes. Watching- and no. Something British TV, their teeth were fucking gnarly in the show. And I just tweeted at Invisalign. Like it's so crazy. You guys don't trip <laughs> to the UK just as a fucking joke. And then they tweeted me back. Like, We'll be shipping worldwide soon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't get
3: the
4: and <laughs> you know, he doesn't post a lot, but when he does, it's it's
1: gold. That's it's really gotta be wait for those good ones. So it's goddamn gold. good. Let's uh let's jump into the first of two interviews and come back and do on the list off list. We have two great interviews. Uh let's start out with our friend's illiterate light. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, a band that I've talked about a lot on this podcast. They're about to put out a new record. They're about to go back out on tour. We got Jake and Jeff from Illiterate Light here. Gentlemen, how are we today? Lovely. Oh, Spitfire, God. Dude, I'm fucking pumped. I really have talked about you guys a lot on this podcast. I'm going to get into why in a minute. Um, but just to start off, just a random fact. I found you guys when I was on my honeymoon. I was in Florence, Italy. I was on a run in the morning. And I think it was nothing's fair came on a Spotify playlist and I actually stopped running and I went right to Instagram and I went right to my DMS and I DM would you guys. And I was like, yo, you don't know who I am. And I don't give a fuck. I fucking love this (laughs) album. And so for the entirety of my honeymoon, that was what I was listening to. So thank you for the music. Yeah.
7: Glad we could provide a little soundtrack for the Italian honeymoon, man. That sounds awesome.
1: It was sick. Uh, And you guys were cool enough just to get right back and be like, yo, thank you i was like oh
7: fuck sweet let's go (laughs) of course man so you you were in florence did you get over to uh rome did you all travel around or
1: nice we we did uh venice florence rome tuscany and then we did paris and versailles there you go we went we went balls to the wall for honeymoon dude it was a good time. yeah Uh, sounds was incredible but no i'm so happy to have you guys here i know you just had a new single drop are you guys leaving for tour today
7: tomorrow morning thus my uh sharpie on on deck here and uh lots of paint and things like that floating around tomorrow morning we leave for new orleans and i'm just doing a million things getting getting ready for that we're we're pushing a lot of t-shirts on the road right now which is good but it always requires a lot of organization so yeah we're getting ready to hit it for about four and a half weeks
1: hell yes you guys are with future birds right
7: that's right that's gonna be a
1: hell of a tour dude what's the spot in new orleans you guys are playing
7: one-eyed jacks Ooh, have you ever done the yeah. howlin wolf we haven't done the howlin wolf but we last time we were in new orleans we've had some really good shows there we played a killer spot called the joy theater yep. and then we did two nights at a spot called dba which is right on frenchman right um kind of in the jazz quarter there and man we've had so much fun in new orleans so it's pretty sick that we get to kick off this next tour there
1: I was going to warn you, if you were doing the Helen Wolf, don't get too close to the mic because I got electrocuted uh,
7: on stage. <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Good time. I'll man.
7: do it. Oh, it happens. Man.
1: But uh, no, uh, so why we've talked about you guys a lot on the podcast. So it's me, White Sox, Dave, and Dante from Barstool, and then Kenny from the band A Wall Nation. And something that Kenny brought up early on in the podcast, because we deal a lot with like kind of the post-COVID world with, with musicians and like what we've all gone through. But we talked a lot about bands that were, like, right on that cusp of, like, holy shit, they just put out amazing music. And then that moment was about to really, really hit, and then the world shuts down.
3: Mm-hmm. And, I mean,
1: you guys had that fucking incredible self-titled record that came out in 2019. And then right as soon as things felt like they were really starting to click, they just decided to shut the world down. So, I think that's my first question is, how did you guys kind of react to that? And then, and then what was the, 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 I don't know, the creative fallout from that?
7: Hmm. Yes, one one thing that comes to mind just off the bat. Um, this this is a funny, a funny philosophy, but we were um, right before we started working with our booking agent, um, we were meeting with a guy named Jonathan Levine, and he's a legendary booking agent. He's booked the dead for years. And I mean, he's like, um, he's a great person, too. And we really were connecting and we were sitting in his office. Um, and it was great because we're about to start working together, but he was also kind of mentoring us. And he was telling us this, uh, this story about this one time that his son, Jonathan's son, went out and sat in with Phil Lesh and some dudes like that. And it was like a private event. Everybody was, it was a very chill, low-key event. But the kid was 15 or 16 years old, and he was really nervous about to get up on stage with these, you know, legends and jam out. And so Phil took him aside and Phil just said, you know, we have a like a little bit of a philosophy with the way that we play live here, which is that whatever happens on stage is supposed to happen. And we always embrace whatever comes up. And so you literally can't play a wrong note on stage. Like you cannot make a mistake. Anything you do, we're just going to follow it, use it as inspiration. And we're going to support you. And we're just going to jam with it. And we're going to whatever you bring to the table, we're going to roll with it. And that is something that we say to ourselves every time we go on stage. But it's also a little bit of one of the ways that I think we tried to embrace the pandemic. Because one reaction is this shouldn't be happening. Mm. You know, one reaction is to get bitter and to feel like, you know, that there was this master plan for the world and for your life and that that didn't happen the way you wanted it to go down and I'm not in any way saying that the pandemic should have happened all I'm saying is that it did happen Mm. and so we responded to it with embracing it and entering it into a different headspace where we weren't touring but we're embracing the studio and writing songs that we couldn't have written on the road so like the song that we just put out a couple of weeks ago, Heaven Bends, is all like very synth heavy in the front half of it. And sounds like that, that, you know, we don't naturally cook up in our live show. We just decided to embrace the fact that we were going to be in the studio and we decided to try something different. And so we, we really just kind of rolled with it. And I, I really think that we're going to come out stronger and like a stronger band, man. I mean, the shows that we just did for the last... Five weeks were just awesome. You know, like it's the the tunes are sounding so good. And so I really feel like I'm coming out of this pandemic with a little bit more clarity and a little bit more passion, believe it or not. But yeah. yeah, it's you know, not, you just have to embrace whatever comes to you.
1: Bro, that's so that's so amazing because we've <laughs> I've had so many conversations about this exact moment where like the impending doom. And I feel like some people we had a meeting as a band, and I said, look, we got two options. You call you phone it in because I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen, or you roll with it and figure it out as you go along. Right. and I mm-hmm. mean, I, there I had a lot of friends in bands, and literally was like, "Fuck this shit." I yeah. I, I don't know. Which maybe yeah. it called maybe it called the hurt a little bit. I don't know. Maybe like everybody was going for it, and now it's like those who really mean it are still doing it. Yeah. But I I mean I wouldn't be doing this here with you guys right now if it wasn't for the fact that we had to stop what we were doing. There is yeah. a thing. There is a thing as a band though where like in the history of being a band that wheel just keeps spinning and it's music tour, rinse, wash, repeat, and to actually get to like stop for a second and say, okay, what can we do differently? And you guys, obviously I listened to the new single. It's fucking awesome. But when I clicked play, it was not what I was expecting at all <laughs> yeah. at all. Was that like a <clears throat> conscious decision just to be like, yo, let's get a little fucking weird here.
5: For sure. I, th- I think we like just kind of vamping off of what Jeff said that we we had all this time we had you know like th- the studio became where we put a lot of our energy and writing and trying new things i, I kind of right at the beginning of the pandemic when we all thought it was still just going to be like a couple weeks oh yeah i was like well cool i'm gonna take like i'm gonna like sit down with with youtube and go deep with pro tools like I- i've been on logic now i'm gonna, like i want to i want to kind of produce on a you know like like the bigger scale i want to work with other artists and 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 i've got a little bit of time to do that now so i sat down with Pro Tools, I sat down with uh, some synthesizers and keyboards and, and just like dove a little deeper with those things. And then a few weeks turned into a few months. And then Jeff and I used a lot of that. He, he kind of just dove deep into writing right off the bat. Um, and then, yeah, when we got together, it was like, all right, like most of the time, our, our band from when we started up until now has been all about the live thing about like, how do we do what we do live and how does that shape our sound? And this was some of the first time where it was like, let's just work on the coolest song and the coolest arrangement we can and then like play that thing for the people. And, yes. and and it's been a cool, a cool change.
1: Dude, I literally, I hate to keep bringing my band back in this, but I just had this conversation with my band as to where we're finishing a record. And my saxophone player, Will said, but how are we going to do that live? And I said, fuck that. We'll figure it out. Let's just make the coolest sound of thing we can make. Exactly. Because everybody's
7: at home, you know, everybody's listening to your music at home and they're not coming out to your now people are going out you know but it was like during the pandemic we were like honestly man we might never even play this record live who knows you know maybe (laughs) we're gonna put out like three albums by the time we can tour again so we just embraced the studio we embraced the moment and now thank you know thank god these songs sound amazing live and people are really vibing with everything but that wasn't the 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 driving fact The driving idea was let's just do something fun and creative in this moment. It would be way funnier
1: if, Jake, you came out with, like, a 14-piece drum set as opposed to what you usually do. (laughs) Like, if you just dove into, like, fucking Phil Collins, like, just (laughs) boomish. Are you still playing the same setup you were playing before the pandemic?
5: Yeah, pretty much. It's, like, kick drum, snare, and, you know, a tom and then two symbols, and, and uh, I, I did add a, a, a Roland sample pad. So I basically like, where, where a lot of the times before Jeff was covering bass with his feet on this big synthesizer that he plays, um, we ended up sampling some of those notes and I'm, I'm still just playing the, the sampler like it's a big xylophone. So kind of, we really like to try to keep everything live, like do it, if there's a sound, it's because we're making the sound happen. Uh, just because we we move and, and change so much on stage, we, we like that freedom. Um, and so, like, having having those notes, right, that, that's kind of the main addition that I've had is, like, w- when it's, a, you know, we're hitting a guitar solo or a chorus or something where Jeff needs to focus on singing, I take over and play bass now. Um, oh, really? But uh, otherwise, it's it's all the same, yeah.
1: Well, for those of you who don't know a literate light setup as well, you stand most of the time, don't you?
5: Right, yeah, I'm standing up playing drums.
1: Yeah, which is, um, <laughs> I guess that makes playing the bass easier. But, I I mean... Looking at it from the perspective of I love that first record so much, and what it what it meant to me too was, it was the first time in a while I had, like I went through the credits and I was like, damn, this is a major label release. This is a fucking two piece rock band. Yeah. How did, how did how I guess I'm just kind of interested from inception to where you guys got signed to Atlantic. To you're with Thirty Tigers now, right?
7: Right, we are yeah. amazing
1: group of people. By the way, I love Thirty Tigers. Oh. Me too. How did that come together? Like, what was the kind of the discovery phase for you guys? Like, who did you guys get to know? Like, what happened? Because it seems like the trajectory was pretty quick.
7: Yeah, it it always seems like that. You know, it's like oh, yeah. the yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> oh, we've yeah. been we've been making music together since 2010, Um, oh, and okay, our cool. and our major label debut was in 2019. You know, so there's nine years of, of that nine year you know. overnight success, baby. That's <laughs> exactly. Let's go. How it goes, but you know, it's like um, when we when we started. The band, um, really from 2015 to 2019, we just said that the key ingredient to what we're going to do is just tour and Mm -hmm. tour, 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 tour. And people are always like, you know, because we come out of a small town in rural Virginia, there's no music scene. I mean, there's no music industry here, but we're so close to everything on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And so we spent four years just DIY in the Subaru just grinding it out, booking ourselves and playing tons of shows, and you know that's that's where we just kind of found our sound and started playing three and four hour bar gigs where it's just me and Jake playing for a bunch of dudes drinking whiskey that want to hear classic rock, and we'll go all night doing that. And so now, like, I'm sitting there playing guitar solos and CCR songs and Neil Young songs. Um, you know, a 10 minute solo and I'm comp and I'm playing bass with my feet and soloing and making eye contact with Jake. And so that was there was two or three years there of just kind of wood chopping, you know, yeah. just kind of getting the chops together and just grinding it out. And then uh, and we would balance that by doing more of the DIY house show, very much the grungy circuit where we were playing our own music. But so we spent a few years just playing bar gigs to make money. And when we weren't doing that, we we're you know just playing house shows. I fucking um, and-
1: love the grinder band, man. That's, <laughs> That's what it's right. about. It's what people forget. This is how you fucking do shit. You gotta live that grimy lifestyle. <laughs> what's what's the what's the shittiest house bargain? Cause I got one that I remember that oh, I, I very specifically remember.
7: <laughs> Dude, we I mean I don't I don't even know that there could be that there was so many. Um, but you know, it's also like I mean the the you know, there's always those shows where it's like there's the bar shows and there's the house shows. I have I have one there's a bar gig that we did <laughs> in Newport, Rhode Island, um with <laughs> uh i can't remember the name of it now which newport's a killer town but it is. the bar the bar itself was great you know it was a fine show and you know got paid a couple hundred bucks and we linked up with our buddy dave we're like total friends with our buddy dave now i'm gonna like throw some slack on him in a second though but it was one of those nights <laughs> where it was just kind of like man we've been on the road for a few weeks we're just just kind of barely scraping by we finished the bar gig and we're just like, dude, we like, we just need somewhere to crash. Can we crash on your floor? And he's like, um, yeah, let me, yeah, yeah, totally. Come on back to my place, man. It's great. It's already 2 a.m. <laughs> you know, so we get back, we're just gassed. And it's like, it's 2 a.m. And he's like, all right, dude, everybody's getting here at 3.30, you know? And we're like, everybody's getting here at 3.30. His roommate brings out this snake. And he's like one of those types of dudes, you know? And so like, oh. our, we're sleeping on the kitchen floor. And, like, Dave's throwing a party that starts at 3.30 a.m. with his roommate and the snake, and they're all, like, blitzed out of their mind you can't there's trust like, a dude, snake guy
1: dude a snake no, guy is, trust- a snake guy is one bad day away from being a felon every time <laughs> every-
7: so it's <sighs> like they're all doing like they're doing like coke in the other like room and yeah. stuff and we're just like dude it's 4 a.m man like we're we're playing we're driving like six hours tomorrow we're tr- you offered for us to stay here like, yeah, yeah. You know, so like we don't go to bed till like eight because it's just madness in there so there's there was a lot of le- nights like that, um, which obviously the road always is a little bit wild. And it's it's I wouldn't say it's a way more tame now, but the accommodations are a little bit nicer when we have our own space. But the stories
1: uh, are worse, though. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs>
7: you, you forget about those true. Like,
1: dude. I think about one of the sh- worst ones for us was we were headlining like a college show when we were first starting out and uh, the band before us destroyed our gear. We were backlining, and they just literally <laughs> yeah. took, they took they took my three thirty five uh, and just threw it. snapped the headstock off! Oh and my th- god! So we were like, "What the fuck?" This is a huge like frat house at Temple University in Philadelphia, and uh, <laughs> the cops come. The fire alarm started going off, and the guy who ran the house swung a twelve foot stepladder at me, and
7: I was like, "Oh hey, my what gosh!" Are we doing? Uh,
1: but yeah, I will say though, going and doing like major festivals and like actually like put together tours things start to get a little less memorable in the perspective of like, you're not going to be sleeping on snake guy's couch. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah.
7: Right. Oh, well, I'll, dude, I'll tell you, I mean, cause the show, there's obviously been a million. It's like, you know, there's probably more crazy accommodation stories than there are like crazy shows because yes. whatever, you know, like, but like, I remember early on we were playing in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, and we played a spot there called rivermont pizza, which is killer. And, um, and then it was the same sort of thing. We're just like, man, we just need a place to crash tonight. We're like a few hours from home. It's the middle of winter ball of us. Oh yeah. Come crash with me. Well, but we get back to this dude's house and he's a squatter. He's squatting <laughs> oh, illegally. No. There's no running water. There's like, I don't even think there was electricity. And like, we were in a pinch, like it's like 3am. We're just dead. Like, and we've got sleeping bags. So we're like, I guess we're just going to crash here. But he was like, he had animal furs all over the place, like it was like kind of like we might get killed sort of night, but um, yeah. <laughs> Dude,
1: but isn't it weird? We're we're kind of like all in this fucked up like fraternity of like the things that you say this to a normal person, like why do you put yourself through this? <laughs> why do you do this? Because the money oh, I, at that point is not good. You're not no. you're, you're not writing home about the fucking paycheck you're cashing, but there is something primal within us as musicians that says like. I have to do this. It's in my fucking gut. And I've always yeah. appreciated that about you guys. Cause you are a grinders band. And that's what's most important to me and to the dudes on the podcast, like the real shit. Cause I, we've gone so far into the stupid fucking germ covered brick that I have my hand, my phone, <laughs> especially during the pandemic that there's a lot of artists that are coming out that are, you know, quote unquote, big now that have never even done that aspect of things.
3: Right. And i
1: wonder too, like as a grinder band, as someone who's a grinder musician, like, is there like a, I don't know, like is that missing now, or are we gonna see that happen? Like, I, I guess I'm just asking your opinion on that.
5: Yeah, I, a, I think it's yeah, yeah. I I think it's a. Uh, it's not that it's missing. I I'm I'm. Out, I live out outside of Nashville now, and I'm, um, seeing a lot more of the like kind of like DIY house show spaces kind of open back up, and and like that's super exciting to me. Uh, as far as like, yeah, getting getting back out on the road and and. It, it seems like it's tougher than ever right now, but I just cost things are higher and, and there's a, a laundry list of reasons why not to tour. Um, and yeah, I think a lot, a lot of times we're getting hit by like people that we really trust and, and love and people we work with being like, Hey, you guys need to work on your socials. You need to like, like, there's kind of like these new streams of development you need to work on. And I, I honestly think Jeff and I are just, we're just not, we're, we're good at one thing and that's playing live. And, and it's like, it's not like we, don't want to do like a a live video and put it up on on social media like we that can be really fun and but it's just like man somebody else is way better at that and i'd rather do the thing i'm way better at and and, uh yeah but i don't know jeff what do you think about touring right now
7: i mean yeah it's like it's funny because things are just now opening back up um and i i feel like it's it's where you find your sound and it's where you build character you Mm -hmm. know like i remember um also and it's again it's like it's not like me and jake are like old old you know like late 50s it's just like you start diy touring and in the course of like two years you will have lived many lives yeah and you will have built a lot of character and so i can't really speak to how other people are doing it as much as i can say that in our own band we've built a lot of character and found a lot of i don't know what the right term would be for it just Mm -hmm. grit and attitude Mm -hmm. because we've been out there and just had crazy shit go down. And so when that happens to you over and over again, you just find a confidence that I'm just like, man, I just, I remember playing shows when I was 21 and 22 and I was confident on stage, you know, I was confident, like enjoying the music and stuff, but everything else surrounding it, it was just like, I don't know, you know, asking for, you know somebody to move their amp after they finished their show and they didn't move it and asking for somebody to get you like turn your vocal up in the like in the wedge and they're not doing it and you're asking again stuff and now it's just kind of like we're still chill dudes but it's just like i just we just know how to get crap done because it's yeah. like you know we're not taking crap from anybody anymore, man. Okay, like, but you you know,
1: also, you also speak the language now too. You know how to very do very it true. properly. Yeah. You have to like, there is a language to touring and to being a musician. You know what I mean? Even like, absolutely so Jake, I, I spent a lot of time in Nashville. I I write down there. It's like my second home, but like even learning things about like lexicon in different cities for uh, like, just like studio language. Like in in Philly, we call fucking single chords diamonds and naturally call them footballs. Like there's different (laughs) shit like that. You learn, you learn the lexicon, man. But yeah, there's a a buddy of ours, Andy Frasco, who a lot of Andy Frasco in the UN. We had Andy on and and we were asking Andy about how getting back to touring was. And he said, it only sucks from the perspective of as opposed to there would be, you know, two, three shows in a night on a given in a given city. Now everybody's trying to get that money back and get back out on the road. Now there's fucking six shows in the same genre in every city every night. So there is yeah. competition. But just the fact that now we actually get to relive that and get back into doing what we're doing. And for me, like, I'm really excited you guys get to take the new shit out on the road. And there is a song you guys dropped during the pandemic with a fellow Philadelphian, Gavin, uh, Devin Gilfillian. Oh, uh, I love fucking him. Fucking outstanding. I think off of that, like, who else in the, the scene... Kind of excites you right now because I Devin doing the, the, the Marvin Gaye cover record was fucking yeah. unbelievable. But like, who else are you guys listening to right now?
5: Um, let's see. So, we I'm actually playing uh frisbee golf with Briston Maroney tomorrow morning. I don't no know if you've ever hung out with him. Or... No, yeah, I don't, I like... don't
1: know him. We were just uh, you know, the dude who does um guitar tutorials on YouTube, Marty Schwartz. Yeah, he's like, yeah. he was just talking about fucking Briston like oh, last week, killer. so like that's fresh in my mind great fucking mu- great musician
5: absolutely we 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 met him when he was i think he was like 19 and he had i think he had just signed with Electra, but like maybe not put any music out or something and he, he came through our little virginia hometown harrisonburg and and i knew his name for some reason and saw that he was like playing this show i came that i was one of 14 people Hell and it was man. like one of his first tours and they opened for some some other band and and i was just like this is unbelievable like this like uh and, and and then like we hung out afterwards and got cook out and and like I'm in my like late 20s he's like 19 and it was just like this like but it was like a we we formed a bond real quick um, and then like seeing him skyrocket in the last you know three four years um, yeah I think some of the music that he's making in his live show is is just like brutally good right now um, so I, th- that's a big one for me and then actually some of in, on the in the same train way, way smaller band but. Some of the folks that were in the band with him at that time uh, have their own band called Future Crib. They're they're a smaller Nashville band, but they put out a record this last year um, that I just like. It's put it on and play the whole thing through like day after day. um, There's there's nothing like full time smile.
1: There's nothing like finding a band of people you're actually friends with. You know, like you have friends and bands and shit, and like you support them, but you don't like throw the record on. Oh, totally. There's a band out of Nashville. Uh, it's my fucking boy. He's done tours with us before. His name's Nate Moran. He's in a band. He was in a band called Secret Club. Secret Club just changed their name to Real Humans. But I always tell them they have like 100 Spotify listeners a month. And I was like, I would say 98% of your streams are me. And I was like, I, was like, I don't, I don't want to like your music because you're a shitty human. But like, I love your music and I will always fight that to the death. Like, I love that kind of shit
7: that's yeah. hilarious man, man. yeah uh, we've got our our homies in this band twin t-w-e-n i know twin uh, yeah we we love them they're 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 a fun hang but also just putting out some really really cool music which which we're digging i just put i'm a huge fan of a artist that's out of um like the seattle portland kind of northwest area named damian gerardo hmm. and he just put a new album out um that i've just spent the last couple of days listening to he there was this there was a documentary on netflix called wild wild country about mm. a cult um in the in like the northwest in the 80s was he in um it? he wasn't in it but he <laughs> had a he had a few songs in the documentary yeah. and i just the second it was one of those things like similar to your run in florence it was like literally within like a minute of the song coming i was like this is amazing. And I've like been following him ever since. Um, so I've been, I've been really digging his stuff. I do that
1: shit though. Like if I find something, someone who's become a dear friend of mine, a girl named Katie Feeney, she's from my city, but I was driving on I-95 going to the studio and I was listening to 885 WXPN in Philadelphia, which is our hometown <laughs> station. And uh, one of her band songs came on. It was like a local night. And I pulled over on the side of the fucking highway I searched them on Instagram and DM them. And I was like, I fucking love you. Like I just, you are incredible. Now a dear friend of mine. Like I don't, I love showing appreciation to bands that I find like, and yeah. I don't care. I don't give a fuck if you have a hundred followers or a million followers. Like I like to let people know that their shit is tight. And that's why I reached out to you guys. Cause I was like, dude, this is, this is fucking gnarly.
7: That's, hell yeah. That's super- yeah. It means a lot. Yeah. There's, there's there's some others too that i've just been enjoying and just cranking recently but usually the way you know the way it usually goes as a touring artist i'm usually listening to whoever we're out with you know and kind of going through their stuff but with you you know i got throw some love um to the city of brotherly love because i saw the war on drugs a few months ago and amazing show um and i have to admit that i knew their new record yeah um uh, i don't live here anymore. Uh, is that is that the name of the record or the that's name the name of the, of the record single? too yeah. yeah 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 and um so i had been jamming that um and i'm a big fan also of sean everett who yep. i believe produced and mixed it um but just recently like just this week i've been actually going back to their earlier stuff too oh. um and so I, it's like real. it's all brand new to me which is yeah. really fun good for um, you yeah i know i'm like i'm you get very to, lucky
1: you ever watch a movie and you're like i wish i could watch that for the first time again you're getting yeah. to listen to like those dude fucking those like first three records are amazing yeah. and did you know kurt vile used to be in that band
7: yes i yeah. did and so i'm crushing his new record right now as well which is really good kurt vile's new album i physically
1: bumped into him in fishtown in philly like not long like you <laughs> he was walking down the street and there's just this scraggly-haired dude walking, like, we were walking to the studio, and he was walking away, I guess, from the same area. And I literally bumped shoulders, and I was like, fuck, what? And then I looked, and I was like, <laughs> oh, dude, that's Carbino! <laughs> yes! That's the <laughs> bomb, man. Dude. Uh, that's we're, so cool. War on Drugs is making shit that somehow sounds like classic rock, but 50 years in the future. I don't know how to put yeah. it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really incredible, man. And I, that's kind of like, I had a hard time putting my thumb on what you guys were and mm-hmm. i still don't know the guitar tones are so fucking thick the songs are great um i don't know like here's what here's one thing i do want to ask because i asked this to um sarcastically we have, we flew down to nashville and interviewed patrick carney from the black keys mm-hmm. and uh i sarcastically asked him i was like you guys ever gonna bring more people out on stage you're gonna stay as a two-piece <laughs> and then i went i went and saw him the next week and they had like nine people on stage yeah. Do you guys ever plan on like giving any more than just the two of you, like bringing a bass player and like a synth player out?
7: Not in the immediate future. It's something we've kicked around down the road. You know, we can hold our own on a 75 minute show. And a a big part of that is, um, you know, we we have a, a, a good chunk of the show. Not a good chunk, but you know, if we're doing a 75 minute set, we're doing two or three acoustic songs. Mm. We're really dynamically riding the set. It's not all up here. Right. Um, and so we we don't feel overly gassed. I think there there could be a time where, you know, I get a little bit jealous when I see a four or five piece band. And I'm like, oh man, it would yeah. be so sick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I really feel like we're always kind of breaking, like this new record, which we'll send you, by the way, once Please we finish do. up with this. Yeah just hit you with the SoundCloud link. It, it's, it's really, I think it really more firmly puts us in the alternative rock mm-hmm. vein, which is very much like, which is a funny term, you know, I don't even know what Does that it even
1: means, exist anymore it, or is it all just yeah. kind of amorphous at this point?
7: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> rock, alternative rock, indie rock, whatever you want to call it It there, you know, it's, there's an edge to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that we're more so leaning into that side of things and, who knows, down the road, we it, it could open up. But we've always said that no matter what, me and Jake are going to be like the QBs. Like, if, if other people come into it, it would be um, people that we would welcome in. I, I mean, this sounds like an a-hole thing to say, but like under certain conditions. Fuck you know, yeah, like-
1: absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we just we just had, and I mean, this is also a, a product of COVID. Also, we're a fucking six-piece band, so like, yeah. I, like we have a lot of bodies in the room, but... We actually are just uh, replacing uh, our rhythm guitar player and well, our bass player just moved over basically. It's a long story, but um, I said, I'm not bringing anybody else in the band as a full time member. We have our core, we'll bring people we need on, but like I got my dogs and then everybody else yeah. under certain conditions would be what I would say. But yeah, yeah. I guess my final question for you guys actually is because this comes off the kind of the alt rock thing you're saying, right? So the sound is changing a little bit, you're still core of who you are but is the music you're sounding making now sound more like the music that's in your head? Do you know what I mean? As an artist, like you, you have an idea of who you are and what you sound like. And then the rest of the world has their idea of what you sound like is what you're making now. Like the truest form of who you are.
7: Great For question. Me, I'll, I'll let Jake dive in. Cause we talk
5: about this all the time. Yeah, yeah, For me, I, I would say, yes, I think this, like, I'm more excited about this album than anything I've ever been a part of. And, okay. um, like like, there's a song i think i think it's the next song we're putting out jeff we're putting out feb first next yeah is that yeah we're putting out this song called feb first and it's just like as far as the record goes this is the most straight up like grunge is just like badass guitar and drums and the the it doesn't even have like this like hooky chorus kind of thing it's just like the the song itself is is fucking cool and there's there's just this one little moment in the second verse where Jeff did this sort of like screamy background thing and and the first time I like heard the final mix of that I like teared up a little bit and I was like if I was 15 and I heard this song this is this would be my new favorite thing like I would be my new favorite band and it was yeah that was like a a, you know you could be really egotistical and say that but I I very much am coming like yeah, I am an egomaniac and this, this, this music fucking rocks. (laughs) Yo,
1: I have that conversation in my own head all the time. It's like, I will listen to something we do as a band and I'll listen back to it and be like, dude, that is fucking so good. And then for a moment, I'm like, am I a douchebag? No. fuck In my my opinion, in my opinion, my humble opinion, I'm not trying to get fucking religious or philosophical here. I think songs come from somewhere else and you happen to harness them at the right time. So I'm like, yeah, wherever, whoever did that somewhere. Good fucking job. Yeah. Cause I'm lucky. I caught that one, dude. Uh,
7: I think if a good you way get, to put it. I think if you get, you know, everybody has the right to get kind of burnt out on something down the road, but yeah. if in the moment you don't feel like this is one of the coolest things that has ever happened, then I don't really know what you're doing. Like you just have to really feel it in the moment. And like I said, like down the road, it could, you could look back and go, gosh, what was I thinking? But yeah that is the greatest moment and feeling is to just be like, we literally just made something that came out of the blue. I don't even feel, I don't like feel a sense of pride because it was just, it just came, you know, here it is. It's just, and I'm just, I'm thankful that I just got to be a part of it. And, and this is like, and you have that feeling like, we're literally changing the face of music right now. Like you have yes. to feel that way, bro. That is the
1: <laughs> feeling that as a songwriter is like, uh, how gamblers feel, right? Cause you fucking mm-hmm. strike out and you strike out, you strike out. And there's that one bet that you win and it brings you back and it keeps you coming back. And that's why we do this shit. And that's why we sleep on snake guys floor. And that's why we <laughs> do all the wild shit that we do. And fucking, I love you guys. I really do. I love your music. Uh, I'm gonna let you go so you can get back to fucking get ready for tour. My oh, yeah. one thing is, when are you coming to Philadelphia,
7: dude? We were just at Johnny Brenda's, man. What? We were there like a month ago. Yeah, oh, we had a good oh, time. Man. But I'll tell you what, we will we'll definitely be getting back on the new record. We've had so many fun shows there. Like, but the last time that we were in Philly prior to this one, we did Johnny Brenda's that time. But prior to that, we did the Met, which was oh, crazy with the, the head Met and the with? heart, the head and the heart. Dude. Opening for them. Where the was fuck killer. was I? That I is like two know, of man. my favorite bands. All we right. also did a uh, theater of living arts uh, T-L-A's downtown. A legendary yep. dude. With, uh, with our buddy Raylan Baxter. And, what the um, fuck, we- man, where was I for these <laughs> shows? We, I opened, gotta get you out. we opened for Rayland uh, at a,
1: at a festival somewhere. And I remember I am such a huge Rayland Baxter fan. And I just wanted him to be as weird in person as I thought he was through his music. And before the set, it was a beautiful, picturesque day. We're on a river. Like I walked up to him and I just put my hand on his back and I was like, "Yo, you want to stop real quick? We're opening for you. I'm a huge fan." And he put his hands on his hips and stood off in the distance and just went, "Yeah." And I was like, "Yes, he's
7: weird. <laughs> Hell yeah, oh, he's weird. he definitely oh. is, man. He's a friend, but we can all say, you know, non-judgmentally that he's an odd dude." but in a good way, in the best way, well, in the best yeah.
1: way. Well, boys, let's do this. I want to reach back out. Cause we do a, we do a series too. Cause we have a podcast and we have a live series. We do the podcast, which is on the guest list and the Barstool backstage interviews are in person. I want to get you guys backstage before a show and, and really dig in on that fucking. I would, I just want to play with you guys. I want to raise some fucking hell dude. Let's do um, it. Well, let's fucking let you guys get out. Everybody go see illiterate light future birds on the road for the next month. Go listen to the new single. Get ready for a new one. New record is January, correct?
7: That's right. January 27th, it'll be out. But every month from here until then, we're putting out a new song. So there's tons oh, of yeah. new stuff coming out. Well, send me that
1: new record so I can shit on everybody else that I already have. it. <laughs> 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 Jeff, Jake, stay safe on the road. Continue to be a fucking shining light for grinder bands out there. It's been a pleasure. We'll talk soon, all right? Got it. Thanks, Cheers, Jeff. man. All right, that was our friends, Illiterate Light. Great interview, great guys. Go check them out on tour. They're out for the next five weeks. They're dropping singles every month until their new album releases uh, in January. Great guys, great story, great grinder band. Really fun guys. Uh, Go check them out. Uh, Boys, let's hop into on the list, off the list. I'm going to start this week, then we'll go Dave, Dante, and then Kenny. Uh, My on the list, Uh, is adjacent festival i don't know if you guys saw this but uh there's i like when festivals and different people do like interesting ways to release like their lineup and shit and just for weeks people have been posting what is adjacent It's this whole thing uh it's another kind of like pop punkish type festival but i like the way they did it my question is is pop punk and like is that throwback rock shit the new standard for festival headliners and stuff like it it, it was rappers for a while and now it's all blink is gonna headline every fucking festival next year like no doubt in my mind Um, but I mean, we didn't even get into when we were young fest. Uh, well, that was I a- was, I was going to leave that we'll for say a little it, bit. That. Save we'll it. Say save that. it. Yeah. Dave, go on your list.
2: Uh, on my list. So I've wanted to do this my entire life and I'm hoping that at least one of you have done it before. And I'm guessing if it's one of you, it's been Dante
1: have sex so, with a woman.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I can't speak to that because it's never happened. Um, the, So uh, you'll see in movies, uh, the one that rings the bell the most is Rounders. When Mm -hmm. they're at an old school, like Italian greaseball barbershop and they get the face shave. Oh, yeah. I got that for the first time today and it was the most heavenly experience of my entire life. And I'll never not do it again.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Okay.
4: Here's
2: on my list for the rest of my life. Okay.
4: Word to the wise, Dave. Whoever you went to today. Always
2: go to, never
4: switch it up. And if they're not there, who was it? A guy or a girl? It was a girl.
2: Girl. My my barber set me up with her because she's like the best. He says. Okay, so
4: Chicago's good because you have to get licensed to do it. Yeah, she. We talked about all that. Yeah, can't just be a barber and and get a fucking straight straight edge or whatever they're called. But don't ever go to anyone else because if you get someone that's not good. You know, like I got one one time. I got, it, was a, it was in Ohio. They don't fucking make these people get licensed. This guy cut me so bad. I had like a weird I had like a weird Adams Apple thing. Cut me here. I fucking bled for like three days straight cause
2: anytime I move my neck, a you ruin to- the experience for me. I've <laughs> never got one since.
1: Dave, was it really as great as you thought it was? It
2: was awesome. It was 50 bucks. I don't know if I'd pop 50 bucks because I'm getting, I get my haircut once a month. So right. I don't know if I'd pop Wait, 50 bucks together? a month. Uh, they comped this one. Mm. And I don't, the, so the last time I got my haircut, I'm like, I always wanted to try that. And he's like, come on in next time you come in. uh, We'll set you up with uh, Jasmine was her name. I uh, will set you up with Jasmine. She's the best. She's certified, blah, blah, blah. Um, And we'll comp it and just like and if you like it, you like it cool. So they they use this like the only other place, and it's gonna sound gross that I can uh that I've had this smell is in like a steam room at a gym, yeah. That like menthol, like a menthol, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eucalyptus. That's what it was our eucalyptus and tea tree, she said, or something. On a a hot towel, on a hot towel, and my (laughs) <laughs> like every single fucking pore was the size of a goddamn like water bottle it was it was it, i could it, have fell asleep in the chair it brings it's, your
0: fo-
4: it brings your follicles up to the surface so that's why when they do it that's why you're so fucking smooth as a it's counter.
2: dude it's so i haven't taken a razor to my face in legit years whenever i'm like clean shaven it's just i, I just buzz it with like hair clippers mm-hmm so I haven't like bicked my face with shaving cream in the longest fucking time, and so I did it today, and it was awesome. Oh, are you gonna stay, it are you gonna
1: stay clean shaven?
2: No, I mean no, I'm not gonna. You know, fifty bucks is a lot of money. Yeah, so I'm not gonna do that every. I shave, I buzz my face like every five days. Dave's over here talking about when he goes to get a haircut. I don't think I've ever seen
0: Dave without a hat, whether it's in pictures or in the Zoom. Oh, there is hair. Oh, yeah, sick. he's got a lot of
1: hair. Dave, oh I wait, that, Hey, turn real quick. That's a good fade.
2: Yeah, they're good.
1: Damn, fresh bread
2: Dave. I don't. Uh, I don't go to cheapy barbers. Man, you shouldn't. Hell yeah, no. my barber's. He's sixty no. bucks for my haircut.
4: Hair is one thing you can't skimp on.
1: Don't fuck around with it. No. Nah. Yeah. Uh, did any of you guys have bowl cuts growing up? Oh God, yeah. Dude. Oh the, dude. I'm
2: My neighbor, he was a little older. He used to pull, like, all my hair to one side and buzz it from, like, there down. Ugh. So, like, it would be buzzed on the sides, but the hair would, like, flow over it. It was it was fucking pathetic that I used to do that.
1: All right, answer me this. Every... Like, when I was a kid, I always wanted one TV character's hair. You know what I'm talking about? When you're a kid, you want a specific haircut that, like, a TV character has? I always wanted Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World's hair.
4: Bro, that was not... That was you just stole what I was going to say and it, it's not a fucking tv character he stole it from the real guy who had the hairdo everybody wanted when we were kids and that's Gavin Rosdale Oh was, yeah you're right he was the hottest fucking
0: dude <laughs>
4: on the planet
0: Dude I played shows with him all the way up to 2016 he is still perfect He's just a perfect person it's fucking, fucking-
4: Bro he was on the fucking uh, Woodstock documentary. He still yeah. looks like a fucking oh the
1: the new Woodstock. I was gonna say I'm like he's, stri- he's not. He's stri- old. He strikes me as like a guy who like like a sting guy who does like tantric yoga for like nine hours a day. Oh, he's so good looking. No problem. I have no dude. I we were talking about the Phillies earlier. Every time I watch the fucking Phillies play, the whole time it's like, yo, Bryce Harper's hot as hell, dude. He's he is really so hot, hot, dude. Like he literally, is a
2: fucking hot, dude. He's a
1: hot dude. Every time, oh, the yeah. first thing I say is, dude, Bryce Harper's so hot. It's ridiculous, Dante. Who's on your list?
4: <laughs> I got two. Good. Usually I, I have trouble. I have two today. Ooh. First one. Uh, you're gonna love this one, my boy, Kyle Schwarber.
3: Schwarbs. Schwarber. Fucking,
4: uh gonna become a legend this week after he leads Philly to a World Series. Knock on wood. Um, I'm so 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 pissed. Boston didn't re-sign him. Should be. I'm so pissed that they even had the chance to re-sign him because the Cubs fucking let him go for nothing. Yep. Um Glad he wound up in Philly, and he's appreciated, and they love him there, and he's playing his ass off. He's the fucking best guy in the world.
2: The only uh, thing that worries me about that series is the Astros have a couple pitchers that completely neuter left-handed hitters.
1: And our whole line of most of our guys who are, right. are
2: left-handed I would love to see Philly win because fuck Houston, but uh, I I just don't see it happening. I've been wrong many times before, though.
1: I'm hoping this is another one. But, Dante, who was your second pick? Uh, Rick Rubin. Hell yeah. Uh, Oh, you just took mine. Why'd you have to go? Oh, do it at the same time. Do it at the same time.
4: Kenny, I want to know if it's for the same reason. Is it because of the system of the
0: down flip? uh no it was just more of a general just listening to that podcast which is everywhere yeah. now just listening to him like you i always I, I do what he does i know what he's done but to hear him talk about like inventing Dude. like this shit it's
4: oh the, ti- the title of my blog is rick rubin is not from this universe no he is, he is all i wrote about is i i just absorb every fucking thing i can get my hands on that has him talking and telling um, stories, I could listen to him
0: for weeks and weeks and weeks. And he would have go. stories that would last weeks and weeks. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, dude, did, he, we did you see sex magic at the mansion on the beach and blah, blah, blah. You're like, did you
1: I see he fucking uh, Anthony Kiedis did another Rogan interview I the saw week after? Too. And yeah, he was he's, giving Rick Rubin he, stories. Son, yeah. Dude, and they're the, one, the one to, you know, th- this drives me
4: nuts. I get why they do it because they want people to go to Spotify and listen, but I wish they would just put the whole episode on YouTube. Me too. Instead of putting little clips out, so like I saw one today that, that sparked this blog, and it was him telling the story about how they made chop suey. Yeah, that bridge. About- oh,
1: so cool.
2: <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You got you put this in a blog because I want. Yeah. I would love to see that. You gotta
4: read it, dude. It's 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 fucking wild how Rick Rubin's just like, yeah, we had this great track, and they couldn't think of like a verse. So they literally like pulled a book off my shelf and just read like a part of this book. And it's like the best verse of the whole album. it It's just like the craziest story. And Rogan's sitting there listening, and Rick Rubin's just like casu- Rick Rubins just like this is this is like s- place one million and and one on my list of cool shit I have yeah, done. yeah, 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 like, yeah not even a big deal to him. And he's just sitting it's- there like,
1: it's the part of the song where he does, like, the father into yeah, my yeah. hands. And literally, it was just a, like, they, Rick Room was like, open a book, put your finger down, and whatever line yes, you land on. The thing is, I've done that many times.
0: I haven't. Writer's block, but it's never come out like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that
1: you movie, want to pick picking a manual. That, you, like, that book, that page, that paragraph, that voice, that. You know, it's supposed to happen, yeah. Kenny would pull it off the wall, and it would be like a fucking like IKEA furniture you know, we catalog. Used to read, like <laughs> encyclopedias and shit, just like little bits and pieces of it. And you can't think of words, you just fill them in.
2: Jeez. All right, so Kenny, we did. you on the list, right? Yeah, yeah. That see, I'm I'm looking at the lyrics right now. That's like, dude, it's it's bonk. Wait till you see the clip.
4: I'm hopefully I, I have can- to
2: watch this. I have to watch. Hopefully it. they post
4: the blog in a little bit. But dude, that interview, he has like ten stories like that where he's just casually talking like the one last week where he's like oh yeah so me and the strokes were chilling in costa rica oh by the way we recorded a new album yeah uh yeah it's all done <laughs>
0: like where it's does this rick guy rubin, fucking... rick rubin didn't tell the story but on Ketis's podcast he did which by the way what a cool goddamn, he's so fucking cool anthony cool, yes, dude. Dude. told the story of the under the bridge was a poem that he had written in a book of many poems and he'd had it for years and It was like he tried to not have Rick do anything with it. He's like, no, this just, this thing's stupid. And then it ended up being fucking under the bridge. Such a crazy story,
1: dude. Uh, I highly recommend listening to the Anthony Kiedis one because that's a a really, really great. Did you ever read his autobiography? I no, you told
0: told me about it. You
4: said you have to
1: read it. I have to read
0: every YouTube interview fucking documentary ever on earth about who
4: was who was telling me that, uh, he was like 14 and and share got into his bed naked or something like that. <laughs>
3: what? Oh yeah,
4: dude, he talks about it in the book. He, I for- he, I guess his dad was like a huge coke dealer in LA. Yeah. And like hooked up Yeah, hump. his
2: dad was big time drug dealer. He's from Kalamazoo originally. He's from around the corner from here. Okay.
4: Dude, I'm so yeah. glad you told me that because there's this crazy lady I know who uh is from Grand Rapids. And she claims that she. Oh, right, it's Grand
2: Rapids. It's Grand Rapids. Okay. Yeah. So
4: she claims that she's seen him up there like ten times, and I'm like, it's not Anthony Kiedis. And she's like, he's he's from there. It's him. It's him. It's him. All right. So she's not crazy.
2: He's so from he Grand. From it's there. either Grand Rapids or Calmazoo, but yeah, I. I right, but it anyways, might be Grand Rapids. Yeah. Anyways,
4: his dad was a huge dealer back in the day and hooked mm-hmm. up all the movie stars and shit. Yep. And he would just party, and he would bring. Ketus with him because he couldn't find a babysitter and shit. And he would just like lock him in a bedroom, which is pretty shitty. he and just be like, little... go to bed. And he, Ketus writes, he's like, I was, I hit puberty. I was finally like into girls and shit and getting boners. And one night I'm sleeping, trying to like ignore the noise. And Cher comes in, takes off her clothes and climbs into bed with me.
1: So she basically is Kevin Spacey. No, I'm reading
0: the I'm reading the article. It's it's close. He went on James Corden and told the story. Cher babysat him Ooh. one time when he was about twelve, and he slipped into her bed and ended up sleeping naked in her bed. Oh, okay. He let him do. It. He didn't do anything. Or that's what the
1: article says. All right, we got to get. That's still that's a uh, legal issue. Awesome. We got to get that
2: one right. <laughs> that's still awesome. Yeah, it's all alleged, anyways. Yeah, it's all alleged. So we're good. Uh, we're safe
1: dude, now. I just remember what my off list is. And this is a story for you guys. My off list is Tesla. It's a wild ass story. So So, (laughs) no. So this is actually a bad story. So after the Phillies game last week, uh, we took the train back into center city because it was too late to get the regional rail back to our neighborhood. So we were waiting for an Uber. So we're at city hall, literally 15th and market city hall. We're sitting there, me and my wife, old dude comes up, starts talking to us. We were sitting there, we're petting his dog. And all of a sudden, like 15, like, 16 year old kids appear behind us and we're i'm just like that's kind of weird it's one o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden i hear a scuffle and these kids there's like 10 kids stomping out one kid they're kicking this kid in the face kicking him in the head me and the old dude get up and we're like yo 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 chill out chill out chill out they're like about to kill this kid the kid gets up looks at me pulls a fucking handgun out of his shorts And I'm like, oh, fuck. I go, get in, go. Our Uber pulls up at this exact moment. I'm like, go. So we start, like, running back towards the Uber. The gun gets knocked out of the kid's hand and skids past me. I run to this Tesla. I don't know how to open Tesla doors. The Tesla doors are... The fucking handle Colin, goes.
2: Colin, 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 You skipped over the most important part of the story. Did you pick up the fucking
1: gun? No, I fucking dicked it. Are you kidding me? What would you, hey. you wait? You, you pick up the gun yeah, and yeah. you disarm it.
4: Yeah, you have to. Wait, why did why did they pull the gun on
1: you? They and it wasn't on me. It was like I was walking towards the kid oh, who right. was getting stomped out, and as soon as he stood up, he pulled it out of his shorts. Okay. So, I just wanted to get my wife in the car. That's all I cared about. So. I go to open the fucking door handle and you can't open it. You have to like push it in or some shit Yeah, it's weird. So, uh, as all this is going on. So I go to open the door. My wife runs around the other side of the car because she's like trying to hide. She can't get in. <laughs> I'm in there. There's no door handle on the inside of the door. So I'm yelling at the Uber driver going, open the door, open the door, open the door. She's banging on the window. Finally, I find the button to open the door. She jumps in and we fucking sped away. Tesla. You got to give us a fucking tutorial on how to open up these doors,
2: dude. I didn't know how to do it first time I got one either. Oh, That's
1: I though it. I feel you. But, Colin, Colin, how do you not pick up the fucking gun? Because there's like 16 kids behind me running towards it. I don't, I'm it's none of it my to, business. Yeah, to the gun.
2: <laughs> to the gun. Do you, Have you ever held a gun? Do you know how to unload a gun? You know At I least. have.
1: Because I, I fucking scoped myself. <laughs> I did that
2: last fall and I had sunglasses on. Thank God I put my eye out. I actually got that on tape, but dude, you, like, that's a fucked up story. Wild story. You, you three or you two would have taken a, the gun, right?
0: It's it's a hard thing to tell when your wife is with you and what that's the, the whole thing is, because oh, I don't... could see, yes, immediately disarm it and keep the mag or. Yeah, that's what I would do. Now take the a bullet in out the out chamber the and. I don't know the what the fuck I'm doing. Ape is always number one. Everything else becomes number two.
4: I would have stepped on it and pulled my own out and been
2: like, <laughs> I don't know. <have> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm glad you guys are all fucking John Wayne, dude.
2: This is not John Wayne. That's like they're it, That's a, that that's a weapon that can kill you in an instant. Why would you let them reacquire it when they didn't have it? I wasn't the issue. They weren't worried about me. Right. right. I mean, right. you're a witness here on that. note, I was at, I was walking the dog this morning, ran into this guy in the neighborhood who our dogs like each other. There was a shooting at the Aberdeen Temp, which I actually might be going to tonight, Um, like two weeks ago. Did you hear about this, Dante?
4: Great spot. Yeah, some yeah. fucking piece of shit stopped at a stop sign, and they were a
2: full patio, and they go, what the fuck are you looking at? And just yep. sprayed the patio for no reason. So a manager got hit in the calf, in, in one side, out the other, didn't hit any arteries or bones, so she got lucky. She's fine and everything, was in and out of the hospital. They found, so they they uh originally said three shots they found 13 casings just sprayed all over the side of this bar that's walking distance from me and not one person other than the bartender got hurt at all and the bartender's fine all things considered. she's already back at work they said actually that's how i know him he's a he's a bartender at the aberdeen tap so fucked up crazy off
1: the list is gun violence there you go i agree with that 100 percent aired Uh, Dante, do you have anything comparable? (laughs) Uh, yeah. So
4: Kanye (laughs) off my list. Um, real quick, without I didn't really get to chime in on the whole thing, but uh, I've been getting blown up in the DMs from people that have taken my silence as support for him, because obviously I blogged about fucking everything the guy's done for the past two years, um. One, nothing i I write about him is gonna see the light of day with the
2: fucking. yeah, that's yeah. not your call anyways, yeah, two,
4: um, I really don't know what to say um about him. i I'm really disappointed, obviously. I think a a lot of people are a lot of his uh, biggest fans, the con. you, yeah, you man. Um, but you've been kind of you know, uh, falling off for the past few months. This wasn't like sudden, no, uh, for he's you, tired. my, like my mm-hmm. whole, my whole thing is like, I don't understand where exactly he goes from here. I um, either. I don't know how he's going to, um, start to fix things, but also at the same time, I'm also not as shocked as a lot of like the mainstream media's seeing, and um, not to say what he's done isn't you know horrible or terrible, but I don't really understand why. I mean, he's been doing this for a long time now. He yes. has been slamming black people. He, you know, his comments about slavery being a choice no one really cared about he didn't lose any endorsements
1: i think i think it has more to do with the fact that i think it's just a comp- like a compounding thing where it's just like all right dude go the fuck this away. was
2: also by far and away the most blatant
4: i don't know i i mean he he he's he showed his colors like a long time ago that what? he's unstable he's extremely extremely uh vitriolic and He has some fucking
1: lunatic views. And the thing is, I don't believe a single, I don't think he even knows. No,
2: he's no, he doesn't.
1: But that's what pisses me off more than anything is the fact that whether or not you mean what you say and you're using it in your own interest, you're still saying it. And it's insulting to not only the people that you're fucking pointing that towards, but you're also just putting your fans under the gun too, of being like, Oh, I got to fucking stick up for this guy. It's selfish. It's fucking ignorant. And it, I'm, I, but, dude, I'm th- but I'm 31 con, years old. Why do I care what another grown man does?
4: The, me- the media has continued to give him an outlet and a podium to speak all this crazy shit. And it's like... It,
1: well, fuck, know, like, dude. Fuck fuck all those people that are putting a fucking microphone in front of his face But the thing is,
4: right is, so it's like, okay, so he was saying all this shit on social media. He gets blocked on social media. And then they put him on the biggest fucking cable news it's Crazy. Show. On the planet, and it's like you're you're almost like goading him into
1: setting himself up for this. Clicks, shit. baby. Clicks, clicks, clicks. It's all it's about. It's it, the whole thing is just fucking stupid. It's it's all immature, it's all dumb. And I think everybody maybe there's a tipping point for culture where we're just like, we gotta stop doing this shit, dude. We gotta stop letting people be fucking lunatics like this. No, fucking-
4: I mean, in all honesty, we need to stop
1: valuing celebrities
4: word like the fact oh, is, fuck yeah the fact that we're giving Kanye West uh a uh, a podium to even comment on this shit is like like why like who, why are we even like he's not he didn't fucking
1: Dave Chappelle dude Dave Chappelle in 2000 2000- yeah like Dave, Cha- Dave Chappelle in 2005 said it best in 20 years, we're going to be asking like there's going to be a, a mass tragedy, and people are going to be looking for Ja Rule's opinion. What's Ja Rule think about this? We fucking go to these people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's all stupid, and I'm getting worked up now, and I don't.
4: But that, that's what I—that's what I wanted to say. Like that's kind of my, and it—and it's hard to put that into words because I don't want people to take what I'm saying the wrong way. And yeah. yeah, which they like, will. I'm they not, will
1: absolutely. No,
4: no, but I'm not defending him whatsoever. But I'm I'm just sitting there like I've watched this whole thing unfold and I've just been like confused like you know I where does
1: know. pawns where does pawns on the chessboard buddy where does pawns on the chessboard Kenny follow that up I'm <laughs> top <What's laughs> your list buddy
0: all right I got a good old fashioned hate it kind of thing uh mm-hmm. I, maybe it's um no it's age half the bands at fucking when we were young fest I watched the videos I watched the stuff couple of them were great most of them were not very <laughs>
2: disappointing you know as you'll be like what are you gonna expect but that come on that's like part of the charm of it though like come on Dude, i went to, at riot fest last summer i wish i would have gone to it this year i forget
0: where i was but... right and a lot of those bands are great i'm just saying some of the bands that like have just come back for this like hawthorne heights senses failed dead like some okay, the- okay okay
2: okay but they have so, been doing But it. we're like yeah. newfound glory were they doing shit other than a you know a festival a year or something
0: no, like bands like it but a lot of the bands like no effects less than jake all those ones at riot fest they play all year every year non-stop yeah like, and it, right right, right, right. are just now coming back and you're like ooh, best bands i saw that i watched the used set fucking shout out to our boy jeff shout out jeff hot, dude fucking epic a lot of people are saying they had the best set there and then of course my chem fucking i'm not even a huge my chem fan but it just it was really good
1: Kenny, wow. when it comes to when when it comes to when we were young fest, it's really hard to say. Uh, fucking cut my wrist and black my eyes while you're wearing a pair of Nike Monarchs. You know what I mean? I think it just <laughs> might be time. One hundred percent. Avril, I think was the
0: worst one that I heard. Like, oh, 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 that was gonna be my. Check this out. Really? I watched the Avril performance. Fucking secondhand embarrassment. Then I watched the Haley Williams ooh. Paramore performance. That's a singer. She is fucking and- unbelievable. <laughs> Candy.
4: You, Kenny, we're fucking, we're stealing each other's shit today.
3: (laughs) One, did you you
4: hear, did you hear her in All Time
0: Low? Yep. Do all the small things? Yep. You, you didn't like that? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Like, the only reason it can be listenable in any way is if Blink does it. It's already bad when Blink does it, but <laughs> I like that bad, right? Like, sometimes <laughs> bad is good. you You're got that, is friends, that is true. That is true.
4: such a hater.
0: Oh, Yo, okay, okay but that's what really I mean like for this. A- like, wait, wait, everybody, wait. I'm a hater for not liking All Time Low and Avril Lavigne covering- <laughs> I'm no, a you hater. said it's
4: not, You said it's not good
0: when Blink themselves do it. Uh, right, but that's a good bad. Like sometimes we like bad. You think uh, Blink's like a like they're not that great of a band. Travel uh, is the only I mean,
1: Guy Fieri has a whole career built off of bad g- good bad. You know what I mean? What,
0: I'll tell you what I
4: You can't love What was bad about the fest? The the fucking mixing did yeah, none of these bands any favors. You could yep. tell, yep, like you just said, you could tell the bands that have toured for a long time, not just because they were tight on stage, but they were mixed well. Yeah. some of these fucking acts man. it was like, they just plugged in and went like. They tried yeah,
0: to get two days worth of bands into one day. A lot of the uh, bands uh, are playing like fifteen minute sets. Like it was. Kenny,
1: you've done festival sets too. There's midday festival sets yeah. where you're just going up and doing barely even doing a line check, where they're just like, "Get the fuck up there and play. We got to get hard out. Let's go." Yeah, but, here, but, here, yeah. but
0: also, here's the thing: be a fucking man and handle it. Every time I played like in fitness, right? Like AWOL, we got all the good treatment and fitness was a new band with Max. We still played like Kaboo and other big festivals to the new Nobody crowd. And we had to be on and off real quick, but you play like fucking men and you own it. It's gonna be a shit show. Fuck it, watch this, you know? I saw, I saw bands like, uh, fuck it, I'll call them out by name. Uh, Paris, they were touring with AWOL one time and their backing tracks went out cause a hard drive crashed. Didn't even play an acoustic set, just didn't play the show. Are You're you walking walking off? out of your goddamn mind? Bro, that is like the new fucking normal now. With I'm, And I'm okay with backing tracks, but if you can't play your show without it. Yeah.
3: Boom.
0: Yo, that's. Wow.
4: Hey, uh, one thing that we said was going to be on the agenda today that we didn't talk about that I know all of you are going to be sad if we don't talk about. Um, MGK.
3: <laughs>
4: oh, dave, oh, dave, oh. Wrote a, dave wrote an awesome blog about our uh our guy dave yeah, they are not
2: weird dude he is they're not guy. they're not weird bro. <laughs> i don't think they are <laughs> i i i know i make sense and i just suck at fucking putting shit to words that's why i haven't even reopened that blog because like you're sure bad I'm at words oh it was great, it was great. But, it was- I swear to God, I could get a beer with Machine Gun Kelly, or and I could just shoot the shit with Megan Fox and have a completely normal conversation. And this is all fake because they're insecure because they suck at what they do. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I swear to God, it's
1: true. Hey,
2: I
4: got,
2: hey, did you guys, do you guys,
4: do either of you know what he's talking about? I know, I read the
1: blog, it's amazing.
4: Oh, all right. I don't think Kenny has a clue. Dave, Phil, give Kenny the clip notes
2: version. Hit me, baby. Oh. It, I knew it'd be a super clickbaity lady thing, so I just fucking wrote it and I never looked at it again, but she had an Instagram post. They were in like their Halloween costumes. I think she deleted it or edited the caption because I didn't see the actual caption. I only saw screenshots of it. She said something like, you better either get me pregnant or you might as well just kill me. <laughs> And and she had, like, her Halloween costumes and shit of all the blood and guts she wears for Halloween and, like, her horror movie that she was in that was fucking horrific. Megan, uh, what was it, like, Megan's body or something yeah, like that? Bo- or, or that, something like that. Yeah, Megan's body or something like that. Jennifer's weird. body. Jennifer's body. Stacy's
0: mom. That wasn't good?
2: No. It was <laughs> fucking so bad, and I actually did Here? see it, too. That's weird. Penny. Oh, but Penny, that fucking
4: Paris Crips movie you talked about?
0: Dude, did you watch it? No,
4: I I watched the
0: trailer and was like, I'm out. It's fucked, dude. It's fucked. I watched a yeah. really good scary one. I watched Black Phone the other night with Ethan Hawke. Was it good? It's really. It's Ethan
2: Hawke's a fantastic you
0: know, He's a great Eddie, actor. Eddie, yeah, Eddie great. Barstool
4: Eddie told me that it's one of the best horror yeah. movies he's seen in a while. Yeah.
1: But as Isn't a- his character like the Diddler or something like that? What? Wasn't no, his character's name like the Diddler or something no, like that? No, it's called the... Uh, the- grabber or something like that <laughs>
0: That's
1: close Statter. Statter. Yeah. it's close enough dude but you
0: love so below dude i'm telling you dante watch it by yourself i watched
4: watch the trailer all.
0: i'm i'm all
4: that that demonic
0: yeah spe- like possession shit freaks me the fuck well, out. It's fucked up because those yeah that shit really yeah. exist. they're there in paris
4: hey i i will tell a really quick really good mgk story so thank god saturday night i am in nashville, nashville. no For, yes nashville luke, oh yeah dude i didn't even talk about this i did luke bryan's charity event again it was
1: why is awesome. he not on the podcast he
4: he will be he will be <laughs> don't worry i want i want to do it in person though i want to do it at an actual show of his but, but anyway so i'm in nashville i get a I have a work chat uh, for my country bar in Cleveland, the farm and MGK showed up there and not like completely out of the blue. We go start places all the time when he's in town, but I got the story on Monday about what happened. He was at some club in Cleveland. I'm not going to say the name because it's a competitor, <laughs> fuck them um and he (laughs) dipped out with his security guard he told all his friends that he was going home he didn't want to be out anymore so he left them all with his security guard and he went down to the flats got in line at the farm which is like a mile long had his hood on had his security guard go up to the front and ask politely if you know, he's like, I'm with MGK. Can you like get us in the back or whatever? So he doesn't have to wait in line. Walked him in the back. He went and got a uh a private table, like by the stage. We had this um kid from Nashville, Jake Dodds playing. Awesome fucking country artist. Um actually he's from Indiana, but he lives in Nashville now. And MGK loved him so much that he stayed for his whole set, didn't didn't make a scene. Didn't like draw attention to himself or anything. And like went up to him afterwards and was like, yo, I'm a huge fan. Fucking killed it.
2: Like, great job. It's that's actually like, awesome. It's yeah. Fucked. That's what, exactly what I'm talking about, man.
1: Like, I don't know why they
2: do <laughs> well, this. Dun- like
1: Dun- Dun- he- shit. When he comes to your clubs, do you, ke- do you keep like a bottle of Megan Fox's blood? Like on ice. So when he comes in, he can oh, have something dude. to drink. No, dude. I was so
4: disappointed that she didn't come. Ford this summer i told everybody i just wanted to smell her hair <laughs> <All I wanted. laughs> you've had to you've had to
1: pull a joey biden dude <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all right, we, need to, we need to get the fuck out of here we have one more interview to get into Uh great episode go watch the barstool backstage video uh another great episode next week we have more to come uh let's get out of here uh with our interview with legend mark needham Ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we got one for you sound nerds out there. Grammy nominated, engineer, mixer, master, producer, Mark Needham on the podcast. Mark, how are you, buddy? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, first off, how the hell do you have any time to sit here and talk to us? You seem like you're probably the busiest dude alive. I've. Uh,
6: it's the past two months. It's just been, you know, I thought I'd made things that slow down a little bit, but I've been seven days a week, twelve out. You know, I get up at five in the morning. and I'm in the studio from six to six every day. It's crazy, crazy, but better to be busy. I wouldn't know what to do with myself otherwise. I always say that better to be busy than to be bored. After when- like three days, I start to freak out. <laughs> Does nobody love me anymore? <laughs> uh, when do you think
0: you do your best stuff? In the morning, in the afternoon, in the nights? Like what, what? you know?
6: Uh, Usually- the morning, really. I like to, I like the best. It's just. Uh, I usually start my mixes in the morning, and I get more into into recall and stuff. I just get a lot done in the morning because my email's not ringing, the phone's not ringing. No, you know, nobody else is up at five in the morning besides me, so that's good. Right. Or if they are up at five in the morning, I probably don't want to talk to them, but they. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my god, Mark. I mean, for those of you who don't know Mark, please go check out his credits because you know his you know the stuff he's worked on. That's no. like unquestionable. The list of credits is unbelievable. Uh and sadly enough, he knows Kenny. Uh can we can we go over that real quick? How do you two know each other?
6: I
0: Red, Red Bull, AWOL was signed to Red Bull. I'm not sure Mark's affiliation with Red Bull besides being friends with everybody in the industry in the town. I,
6: was, I produced some bands. I did Nathan Barlow's band. Twin Atlantic yeah i'm not to like nathan barlow had the one uh what was the name of nathan's band on there i forget now i'm just you did an inner party
0: system mix and some other red bull stuff in the in there but there was the red bull party so we'd always one of those like i think i yeah. know who he is he knows who i am hey how you doing yeah. yeah. hey what's up you know and in fact mark's actually mixed i just looked this up i'm sure i knew it at the time but i forgot mark You mixed uh, Night Riot's Love Gloom, which is a record
6: that I produced. And I was like, (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that kind of comes back now. That's right. How much of a problem did you have in like having to clean up all the shit that Kenny messed up? Yeah, right. It was a bit (laughs) of a struggle. You know, I worked on that for a long time.
1: It was easy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I was using Um,
6: girl mothership for
0: that one
1: unbelievable this is what i'm really excited about for this interview because i'm a musician and a songwriter so i'm on the opposite side of you guys kenny you're both but you both work in more of like the technical side of things and we've had other people who are mastering engineers on uh we had uh pete lyman who's a good friend of the podcast pete's an amazing mastering engineer but i'm always intrigued by more of the technical side so i want to go through your journey a little bit mark how did you get started in all this
6: i uh i you know i was a guitar player I started playing guitar when i was maybe nine or ten or something and um i had various bands but i i would went to a i grew up away out in the woods in northern northern california in Humboldt county and i graduated i just took i went through high school as fast as i could i took seven solids and i took summer school and graduated halfway through my junior year and went down to San Francisco with my guitar teacher and we started a rock music school down in San Francisco. And I, there was one little closet that was, nobody was using. And I got a two-track tape recorder and managed to snag a Neumann microphone and a little, one of those little green Altec tube preamps and started a recording studio. And that was my first one in 19, I don't know, early 70s, 71, something like that. Jesus.
0: i know a lot of people um come up with like a mentor apprentice kind of world did you have somebody
6: that kind of showed you the ropes i n- never did i've never actually worked as an assistant i just i got uh, this book called the audio encyclopedia and i read that you know front to back like four times and just convinced
1: everybody i knew what i was doing <laughs> how, how long know? until you actually knew what you were doing like how long into the process did you feel comfortable in what you were producing I mean i don't know if i feel
6: comfortable yet i'm always you know i'm always like doubting something i you know some decision i made or but i would say by you know by 1974 or five i i've we built it we built our own 20 we built our own console and we built our own 24 track tape machine i had wow. a part of, that of a guy who was working with me who was a pretty good tech guy as well as a guitar player we had we built our first we had we built our first 24 track rooms we had two of them we moved to a new location from the school and built this studio i had a we just finished the tape recorder and got this console from wally Hyders and i had taj mahal and warner brothers coming in
3: oh
6: we just got the console in on thursday and he was starting on monday and we got uh the grateful dead sent some they're wiring guys down to help us put it together. And the Owsley was there, he was dropping murine, like a little murine bottle, dropping acid in their eyes while they're wiring this thing up. I was just like, oh my God, this is never gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so screwed. But, uh, you know, Monday, you know, it was Sunday night, we started setting up, everything worked great. Taj came in, you know, he, he gets up really early. He came in really early Monday morning with the band with everything set up everything worked and that was like my first major label album i think i forget what year it was it was early 70s oh. so i was kind of like oh yeah i guess i I guess i know what i'm doing now i, gotta do
1: <laughs> I way love way taj go. mahal so much too and i've dude the whole industry is vacancy make it you'll figure it out eventually you'll figure out what your pocket is so you start out with like the taj mahal's of the world and i looked in your credits too like bruce hornsby things like that like what i don't know how to put this like Cause it seems like in that early 2000 sections, you found a little pocket with like the killers and that kind of a, a come up kind of a world, but like, what was your first kind of like scene that you were working in? Was there any specific type of artist that you preferred to mix and produce?
6: Not really. I started out doing. Rag, acoustic ragtime guitar albums. I probably did like 70 of those. And then I was doing a lot of San Francisco acid rock. And I, I got a job with this friend of mine, doc who owned a jazz label and i went to new york and produced like produced and recorded mixed probably 50 or 60 jazz records with, like alvin jones Farrell saunders all these kind of big heavyweight jazz guys i was i was a little young skinny ass kid long <laughs> time, you know, hanging up in hanging out in the village and up in harlem with all these jazz guys but you know i always like to play a lot of i've always liked a bunch of different you know I mean I, I was never like this is the only kind of music I like or do you know um you know I went on to do San Francisco I call it Chris Isaac stuff I did oh. all of Chris's records The Wicked Game all, that, all those so I did Cake that was like so I'd like to experiment around and try different sounds so <clears throat> I mean I got I got kind of locked in with the k- killers thing just because of the hot fuss. Uh, you know, but I like to do I you know, as soon as I do something like that and people want me to do that want those sounds like I don't want to do that record over. Yeah. You know, I want to do something else. That yeah. It's good to have a lot of I think it's fun to have a lot of things to draw from from, you know, style wise. So I've done, you know, from Latin Classical, um, jazz, but you know, I've done, I've been, I've been all over the map. I have, I
0: have no less than 12 million questions for you and I'm trying to keep them in order, (laughs) but I have to go off on a tangent now going back to like hot fuss. I'm curious if like when you open up those sessions to to mix them, is there part of you that has a good feeling about this record that this is going to be huge or do you mix it kind of as if it's, you know, a process?
6: Well, on that record, there was three of us started, a, we started, a, it was my my old attorney and I had a studio, Jeff, Jeff Salton, we had a studio together in San Francisco and we were developing bands. He was mostly the attorney in the shopping side and I was recording and producing the stuff. And Jeff wanted to actually be in the studio. He decided he got sick of being an attorney, you know, <laughs> looking at contracts and just going out and shopping stuff. So, we got together with another friend of ours Braden Merrick and we uh put together just a, a you know company out of the three of us we decided we wanted to sign three bands to our production company and and try to shop them and we got we did get all three of them signed but the killers were obviously the biggest one but you know we we went to see the guys that played there was a little crappy club they played in a slip mall in a strip mall in Las Vegas so we went to see them live a few times we'd listen to the songs and um we just started recording we flew them out to San Francisco and started recording Hot fuss I think the first song we did was Mr brightside I was doing a Fleetwood Mac album at the time in Los Angeles so I had to I would take off from that and drive back to help jeff get jeff set up you know and um because jeff had never recorded anything before so i just you know i'd set stuff up and then it's like he would move things around it's like no 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 but
1: you know, <laughs> wait you were doing a fleetwood mac album and mr brightside at the same time yes why are you talking to us you're so much cooler <laughs> than we are but
6: uh you know, the, I think the first song we did, that I, if I remember, it was, Ginny. I thought it was Mr. Brightside was the first song we did, and we just mixed that. We, you know, just rec- we did three or four takes and cut, you know, cut the master together, had, uh, you know, had Brandon just do a couple vocals on a handheld 58 in front of the speakers, and then I just told him, <laughs> give, me, give me 30 minutes, I'll put together a mix, it was on like a little... I had like no plugins at all, just of the, the basic Pro Tools plugins and a and a little eight input Neve console. We were coming back to, and and I made the mix like a mix in half an hour, and that was the mix that I tried to remix it on my big big SSL console like at least six times, and the band <laughs> loved that first. Mixing a, a half an hour, you know. So, but I'm
1: really interested about that song too because I've always wondered this. I swear to God, I wondered this every time I listen to the song. The thought of starting the song in one speaker and then slowly bringing everything else in. I always like to think about intentionality when it comes to mixing and producing. Why? Why? Why was that the choice to to shoot everything to one side and then bring everything else in? Do you remember why? Just because I felt like it. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I don't think about you
6: know when I'm mixing stuff. I don't really. I don't really sit and. Think about what you know. I just start put the song up and and do what you do. Just you know, I just kind of I just kind of go with the flow of what's happening with the song and yeah, it was just a way to get kind of some impact from that intro when the band hit in and I mean it wasn't like I didn't think you know well some of so those left-handed we're going to start to let you know it's like uh, you know it's like to it seem like a cool thing to do at the it's time funny
0: the things that people will pick out and the fact that it's a, a 58 in front of the speakers you know you hear the stories of people running sm7s in front of speakers or whatever but then everybody thinks they need a ten thousand dollar vocal chain or whatever going back to Brightside, that was one of the first I, I don't how do you word this i want to call it like one of the first big indie alternative songs that had like a grunge Overtone to it. It was kind of nasty in like a beautiful way, and like was that again just something that just happened naturally when you started pushing buttons?
6: Well, you know, they, I mean, it's nice to have a a great microphone and a pristine sound without bleed in it, but the biggest thing that makes a difference in a song is believability of delivery from the artist. And mm-hmm. you know, Brandon at that point really hadn't done a lot of recording you know he's certainly now he's you know he he records in headphones but a lot a lot of times new artists that haven't been in headphones all of a sudden they go to this whole other world and it throws them into another place that they're not familiar with um and you know sometimes it's just you know if that's if something's not working that's always a thing to try you know just here here's a microphone crank the speakers up but we did that with um Chris Isaac on Wicked Game he was having uh, there's just a dynamic range and that thing was so big and um he was just not really getting it pitch wise and stuff in the headphones because it was you know he's going from so soft and whispery to so loud on those big notes and we just set a I said a, a, a CU 41 up which is a higher high quality mic but really directional and i don't like the whole out of phase speaker thing that did right big for a while because i can hear the phase bleed you know i'd rather just have bleed that's not phasey <laughs> um right and i just rode the like with chris i just rode the preamp and the speaker volume from the soft parts to the loud parts and that's how we recorded all the vibes made a little marks. right when it goes to the pre chords, go up to here you know so it's keeping a volume in the room he could sing but I mean I've done that with some with several songs that did well and uh, you know it's just it's all about believability of the delivery and if that's what gets it that, that means so much more than the ten thousand dollar mic you know oh
0: right. yeah. my my mentor always told me a microphone's only going to give you what you put into it <laughs> that's it
6: you know it's just and you know mr brightside I mean Brandon sounded on that whole record I mean he just you know he, I mean he kind of just eek's believability and it's kind of weird vocal style you know the lyrics are so great but it makes you know that album was really relatable for a lot of people around the world and i think a lot of that has to do with just his delivery and his great lyrics Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite i just saw them actually uh like two weeks ago in philadelphia still absolutely destroying it i just I,
6: thought, I just went by to see him in nashville i hadn't seen him for a long time
1: are you in nashville
6: today i'm in, in my studio in la but i have i have studios in both places and i go back and forth a lot so i have two studios in nashville and one here
1: unbelievable i, I literally said this already you're cooler than we are and i appreciate you being here <laughs> uh, the one thing i do generally like to ask to like people who are involved in the mixing and mastering side like the one thing I always, as an artist, have a trouble doing is like putting something down, knowing when it's done. From someone with as much experience as you have, and the artists that you've worked with, when do you know you're done a mix? Like, is there a specific? Like, do you have a moment where you just let it go and turn it in, or are you one of those guys who go through fifty mixes on a song?
6: I, I mean, I have a point when I'm. I think all right, This is my vision on it, you know, and I, I draw that line. I mean, I do. Usually I'll mix a song in two and a half, three hours or something. And I just, I go through, I, again, I'm not really thinking about it a lot. I just know what, I know what sound I'd listen to. I know what sound I want to get. And I've been, at this point, I've been doing it long enough that I can usually, I know how to get that sound really fast. Um, but I do, you know, since I went in the box in 2007, I think I have kind of got rid of all my the last of my outboard gear. I started getting rid of most of it then, and, and going back to being just in the box. I mean, I appreciate being able to do a bunch of recalls because it's, you know, I can show people because I I don't title have to title something mix one. I can make it this is ref one, and I can take a bunch of experiments. Like we could like I just did this yesterday on a band from from Kentucky. It's like, well, it's ref one, all right? They have all the instruments are playing straight from the top everybody plays all the way through it's like well what if I just take out like this in the first half of this verse and I change the bass part the, you know so I can I can take some liberties and not feel like you know and I let them know I'm just going to try some stuff here and let's see if something sticks and they you know I did two of those and they love the second one except for the second verse on the first one and let's just paste those together then I think we did one more pass and just kind of tweaking that stuff together and and loved it it's but sometimes having the ability to have artists be able to live with something now be able to live with something in their own space with speakers that they're familiar with instead of when i first started where you know i'd come in with bands for somebody to you know i had people we had people mix our songs sometimes just to see what somebody else is it's kind of like it it's steger you're in the studio and you don't know the speakers you don't know the room you think it's sounding great you get in your car and drive away And it's like
1: what yeah. the oh what? it's the worst oh feeling my in the world
6: God, it was horrible you know <laughs> um so you know I, I i think there's a lot of good things about i you know i'm not i'm not afraid of doing 15 recalls on a song they usually only take me you know people have a big what they think is a big list of stuff it takes me 10 minutes you know it's not mm-hmm. it doesn't take that long for most you know,
0: going back to the uh in the box stuff as a geek as a person who knows everything you've done you're famous for those screens behind you I've seen it in magazines I've seen it everywhere it's full touch screen obviously
6: right it is they're full touch screens you know I... the touch feature on it or are you still mouse and keyboard I, I use I probably use the mouse more. I know I I know I know Stephen would slap my hands or <laughs> slap me or do that I still have. He's like so good at like he can do with his arms like that like on the faders. It's like like but I just I just grew up with consoles with my wrist yeah planted yeah. and then and then my finger on the fader. So it's a little harder. I'm really good with the mouse, but I also love that I can just like I'm doing filters or. That you know, I mean I like to be able to, to be able to draw stuff on the screen. Cool. Especially like filter sweeps, pans, stuff like that. So cool. I, I also love this. I love these just I most of my studios have like windows. I you know, like I spent I spent a lot of money for this wall of windows that overlook the trees in Griffith Park. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to stick two big screens up and you know, I spend like a boatload of money on that view you know <laughs> I actually
3: it.
6: I, so I, and i also I, I always work with two screens i really like just having my mix and edit windows separate mm-hmm. um and you know i don't have to wear glasses when i when i have these because they're so big right right you know i just uh, i like really big screens it's easy for me to see everything all the all the plugins are real size you know it looks like a real 1176 there it's yeah but
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, now it's going into that now I've, i'm sorry i have so many geek questions now i want to go kenny's a
1: nerd i want you to know, know that kenny's a well, full I,
0: nerd i produce and i mix and it's like i'm always learning you know and who better than from mark nina i'm curious if like on your like vocal chains is there like a general compressor that you love the most is there an eq love the most or is it per song per voice i'm sure it is to an extent but like <coughs> i mean Everything's kind
6: of, you know, depends on the song. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, right now I'm usually generally all right. Right now I use a combination of two two deessers, two compressors, hmm. an EQ. Sometimes hmm. I'll throw a third compressor in there, but I usually do a wide Um and then I'll do an, another one like the UAD precision. After that, It's real narrow, just kind of focusing on the. So, kind of do a combo of two. I usually use a. I'll normally start out with an eleven seventy six, like a silver face eleven seventy six, fast release twelve o'clock attack, and I do a combination of that and an LA a silver LA two A,
3: mm-hmm.
6: um, which is something I did. I you know I I do that on my my stereo bus. I, I do combinations of compressors a lot with, mm-hmm.
1: with different attack, uh, you know, different attack and release times.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm always impressed by like, I have, I, I fully believe this, that like artists and then engineers have different parts of their brain that they use. And I don't have the part that you guys have. And not that I don't have it. I just don't use it. I, like, didn't even over- I never think about the technical side. I mean,
6: I, I, I do understand it, but I, I never think about it. You know, when I get a new plug-in, the first thing I I usually want to do is just turn on the knobs all the way up and see what happens. You know, yeah. whoa, whoa, that's nice. That's got <laughs> three. Turn this back. Pull this band back down. You know, I'm just like, let's push this all the way up. You know. Um,
1: so there's a curiosity you've always had for that kind of stuff.
6: Yeah, and I, I you know, I try not. I, I rarely think about the technical side people always ask me all these technical questions you know about you know what it was like when we were working on analog and blah, blah, blah. it's like you know it's not we're too right.
1: dumb we're too dumb to ask you technical questions mark we're <laughs> just, just here to made, have fun
6: making music i don't really you know i can do i, I could do it on anything you know i mean this is that this makes me happy so i use this setup but that doesn't matter i could you know i could do it on anything
1: Well, here's a dumb question for you. And this is from the perspective of... So I'm getting a record back right now. So I'm getting bounces back from my engineers and everything. And from someone who's worked in the industry as long as you have, back then there was really like... In the old days, there was like... You listen through speakers or you listen through car speakers. Now, when artists are testing mixes, they listen to car speakers, speakers, their phone speaker, their headphones, everything like that. Have you gotten more requests from artists to change things based off of the different ways that they listen to music? I mean...
6: Everybody's home system has their own quirks, and hopefully, they've listened to enough music through their home systems that they're familiar with. You know, to them, it sounds normal. I go over to people's houses and they play me stuff, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this sounds like what the fuck did you do to my mix? It's horrible." Yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't listen. I in here, I don't. I don't listen to alternate speakers. I listen. Mm. I have my ATC forty fives. And I run three subs, two 12-inch two ATTs and a 15-inch, and, a 15 inch. and oh, I, I don't really, I, you know, because if I start if I start chasing down the rabbit hole of what every little spe- different type of speaker sounds like, I just want one that I know really well. It's the only thing I listen to music on is the same the exact same system. But I have three of them, one at my, one at my house and wanted to in a system in at just both studios and I just I just that's all I want to listen through it you know because I I know what that sounds like and if I can get it to sound great on these it'll sound really good on headphones small speakers but you know I mean I should, it should sound really good everywhere agreed and, and 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 but but trying to listen to all those and change your mix to fit them, it's just a it's just a rabbit hole people go down. You know, I I don't I don't ever switch speakers. Do you, do you want to switch to some small speakers? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I
1: I I listen to these, That's it At some point, your song sucks. I don't know. What to yeah, talk. it might just be that the song sucks. Has <laughs> there uh has there ever been a song like you finished mixing and you were just like all right yep. That's one that's a hit right there. like has there ever been one that you've gotten through a mix and you're like, yeah, that's 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 the one
6: I mean, yeah, I, I mean I hear that but you know, I've been listening to stuff and I'll call up Andrew and go maybe Andrew's my manager call him and go I remember the nineteen seventy five sent me a, that first song Sex, that they released in the u s and like halfway through the mix, I call up Andrew and. Went, these guys are going to be huge, man. This shit is so good. I don't know how long it'll take, but these guys are going to win, you know? Uh, oh. I, you know, you sometimes you hear stuff when it's done. It's just like, oh shit, yeah, this is... This
1: <laughs> is yeah. I'm uh, so deep into that new 1975 album, too. I absolutely love it.
6: Yeah, they've changed a lot from where they first started, but that's cool. They, those guys worked so hard to come over. They toured so long in the U.S. before they were, you know, they did four or five years hard on the road before people started to pay attention to it but um and i you know i hear artists that i i mean i go out and see artists that i develop because we, we you know we have a. I saw the development company that we've you know i've been doing since i was in san francisco um and i go out and hear people live at, at a show and you know andrew my manager's there somebody from a label is a friend of mine's there and i'm going yes yeah, hey this is like really cool and they look at me like i'm out of my mind right but, you know it's i mean there's that band almost monday that we have developed this on yeah hollywood i think they're i think they're single that sun keeps on shining is number 15 today Ooh. um but when i saw I took my wife down to see them. They were, I think they were 16 or something. They were playing at some little, like kind of a little house party thing they'd put together. Because um, they'd sent me <laughs> some songs and there was one, like all of it was, most all of it was just like kind of California, California surf Uh, kind of that surf reggae, well, you know what I mean. It's a played in every game, every band up and down the coast plays that, you know. Um, but there was one thought they'd sent me before I drove down. I went, Oh, damn, this is kind of cool. And, (laughs) and you know, I just, I, I, I hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I hear something when I hear something that I think could be developed that you know, Mm -hmm. I'll stick with that. I mean, we, when we went to see. Um, we did the development thing with Imagine Dragons to help put that first Night Visions record and mm-hmm. they asked us to <clears throat> come over and see the band play on Fremont Street and it was what, eight people in the audience and six people on stage at that time, at that time. There was <laughs> yeah. the band. But the first time I was just seeing Dan just that, you know, he's ripping his t-shirt off and that delivery it's like oh yeah, this guy is you know like I believe I believe yeah. I believe
0: what he's seen you know they are people I did um that night visions cycle they toured with AWOL for almost a year for yeah. the longest time and that was the first time we went from like 1200 cap rooms to like 2500 cap rooms because they you know joined in with us but sweet dudes and great that man- you keep mentioning uh and you're managed by Andrew Brightman yeah my neighbor another weird thing i live yeah, like I, know. I
6: just talked to him today he says yeah kidding was... yeah
1: i see him all the
0: time in my neighbor it's a small small world that's awesome
1: it is a small world man and i'm i'm interested by your ear too because obviously the ear is everything for you but like is there anybody currently that you've been listening to that like it doesn't have to be a development issue just something a record that's catching your attention right now
6: i you know i mostly i mostly listen to the stuff i'm working on just mm-hmm. because I've. Do that twelve hours a day, seven days a week, usually, and so by you know after twelve hours, I'm yeah. usually the last thing I'm doing is turn on another record. But oh
1: yeah,
6: you know I mean people send me stuff, I'll check things out. Hey, check out this band, check out this band. But you know I you know people want to I get these notes. We want to sound like blah blah blah, and it's like well no you don't right <laughs> They already did that better than they, they already you know. They already did that, and they're gonna sound more yeah. like it than you copying it. You know, i to. I try to hopefully find something a little more original. You know, Do you mean, to- take those nods from something. You know, so I would listen to. I'll listen to tracks, people to me, and like, oh, okay, well, we could go a little in this direction, but maybe we mix it with this. Or, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. To 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 your point, I guess that you know most of the stuff I'm listening to is stuff that I'm working on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you
1: uh, I, I drive my car in silence? <laughs> Yo, I was going to say, do you ever release? Cuz I know Kenny drives in silence and Kenny plays video games. When I'm not doing music, I love sports talk radio. Like that is my weird release. Like what you do you do when it. you're not I'll do sports talk radio, I'll do talk radio.
6: Hey, you know, I don't turn on music channels that often. I mean, sometimes I'll flip over to a music channel. Just be somebody's getting in the car with me and I don't want to see like too much of a like like <laughs> oh, God, right yeah i have got I better find like where it's actually my serious xm where's a cool music channel there's got there's so many of them I don't know which one do I you know uh, well I look cool if I'm listening to this I don't know so I would be more when I start looking for for music you know yeah. uh, when I get off my sports talk or, or talk radio um <laughs> Oh man, but, uh, you know, I just I I I'm like I'm working on a band with this friend of mine, uh Shannon Forrest. He was a drummer in Toto. He Ooh. has a studio oh. in Nashville. Um we have this, we have a new kid, a new thing we're developing that's kind of like definitely has remnants of, of, of stones and Dylan kind of, but super aggressive. Um and and some a lot of some modern elements kind of interfaced on top of that but just super aggressive ly- uh sonically and lyrically but i've been listening to a lot of that right now just because i'm mixing these songs and it's just something that's a project that we've been developing it's like damn this is kind of cool hey. yeah. but so, i mean usually I, that's what i'm listening to is stuff i'm working so it's stuff that's not on the radio yet and hopefully will be
0: do you find that you get commissioned to mix more records or singles
6: these days? Ooh. Well, I would say more s- singles, although I still do a lot of album stuff, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, I do like radio singles every now and then. I'm not as much of the radio single guy. Mm. I, I, personally, I don't really understand the point of that. Right. You know, Oh, we'll bring the radio guy mixer in to do the radio single. I, you know, I've had songs that I mixed that did pretty well on the radio, you know, they still, you know, some of them are on the charts for 25 years or 20 years now, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I probably half and half, I'm doing a, a, working on a double album right now with, I'm doing with my friend Kent Wells and, and Dolly Parton doing that, so it's like a double album we're working on and, I've um, I've I've done a several like full albums. I would say in the past past three for probably three months, I've probably done ten albums at least, full albums producing. How that. many
1: songs do you do a year? Do you think?
6: Uh, on the average, maybe between mixing and producing, three hundred. Or something, maybe sometimes more, sometimes less, but definitely in the hundreds, you
1: know. Oh my god, holy fuck! And yeah. I'm I'm the dumbass who said, What have you been listening to?
0: Yeah,
6: yeah, it's what like, do you think I've been listening to?
1: The 300 <laughs> yeah. songs I'm mixing
6: this year, the past three months, I've been well 24, uh, 30 hours. 20. I've probably done 150 songs, some of it. Per, God, at least maybe 150, 200 songs. That are some of some of those are th- three of those were production things, the rest were mixing. But that's in the past, maybe three months. Some people won't even do 150 songs in their lifetime. <laughs> yeah,
1: most people won't do 150 songs in their lifetime. Nutty. I do,
6: I do a lot. You know, it's the mixer. It's a little less. You know, the production thing is a little more of a commitment. I don't do as much production. Unless it's something I really dig, and I think this is, Mm -hmm. this is going to be fun and cool, and we're, I just got IJ Quinn that I'm working with right now, um, that we've been kind of uh, back and forth on this record. We're about 18 songs into this album, Um, but I should. The first time he brought me in the demos, I was like, "Holy shit! Yeah, I want to be part of this. This is (laughs) that's awesome, you know." um, But yeah, I mean, I've done, I don't know, in my lifetime, 20,000, 20, songs 20,000 songs. Oh my so. God. Fucking Christ. Okay. But, but mixing, mixing, you know, mixing, I mix really fast and it's not that, like, it's not that, you know, you're not married like you are when you're producing, right. writing a song with somebody. So that's why I don't do it. That's another reason I don't do as many of those because it's, man, it just takes it out of you. You know, it's like you got all the guys in there and you never, like, if I'm mixing a song, I'm usually by myself. If I get tired, I'll just switch to another song or I'll just lay on the couch and read See, my book for 20 minutes. That or was
0: something. me for there's a stretch of like 2012 to 2018 where as a songwriter and producer, I was doing like 250 songs a year, but with different groups of people every day, different personalities, different requirements, different borders. Oh, it just
6: it sucks your brain dry, oh, man. It's oh, all about it. And then you're
0: trying to be as creative as you can for each person, but you're like, dude, my brain is fried right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's do you have a pre- do you have like a preference or a specific love for either mixing or production? Because they are two different sides of the thing. Like would you rather be on the production side or do you just have this ungodly talent for mixing? Do you have a preference? I'd like to do both, but I don't produce as much just because
6: again, to, 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 mentally it starts to just you know, I, I I feel I get sucked into doing the same thing over and over more, and it's just the time constraints on it. Also you know, so I'm a one point. I'm a point mixer, but I get three points for producing a record, and it takes you, well, it takes you a month or two at least to produce a record. Sometimes I've worked on records that took a lot. You know, months and months and months. But uh, you know, if just playing the odds game, if I'm mixing stuff and I get one point on it, and the same amount of times it takes to produce ten songs, I might mix eighty you know right. exactly yeah numbers game that's great so i did a bit of a numbers game too but i i like mixing i you know i like the the solitary you know i like the sometimes the solitary thing just just me in here the sun's just coming up you know i see the some birds waking up out there in the trees and you know you're just kind of listening and getting into a song and figuring out a way to approach it that's cool uh, you know i like i like both but i don't know if i have a favorite i probably i spend more time mixing but i still like to produce as well i like arranging songs and trying to and i I, you know the development thing is big it's still a big part of what we do you know we have one band i think we're just hopefully getting signed this week from minneapolis um i have Three more kind of development things that I'm doing right now. So those I'm always involved in um, production as well. Um, I like I always like the high of finding finding a new cool band and you know if you can see them go from you know eighty people to twenty thousand people in a year. It's right. just like damn, so gratifying. Like yeah this somebody got what
1: i was talking about you like know? i told you <laughs> i think i might need a mark Needham in my corner dude this guy has the right uh, idea
3: get in.
1: oh my god well mark dude this is honestly this has been so freaking cool when kenny brought this up i was like this has to be done well thank um, you
6: guys for reaching out man
1: dude, okay. just a depth of knowledge everybody i don't even have to tell people to go listen to what you've done because everybody already does they already heard it? Um, is there anything big do you have coming out that you might want to talk about, or can you talk about? Is my question like something you've been mixing or working on? There's one I can't talk about that I think is going to be
6: really cool. Um, um, that should be out next year, but I'm, I'm not supposed to say what it is, right? Um, but you know, some other cool things we have this, 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 uh this kid that uh, Shannon and I are doing together this guy Judson uh McKinney I think that one's going to be I think it's going to be really awesome I've got um we have a band called uh Broovy with a young female singer 19 kind of rock super edgy rock but pop you know the melodies would be somewhere between rock and pop I think big hooks um I'm really excited about that. We're just kind of in songwriting stage right now, and we got one two weeks ago that was like, "Oh yeah, all right, this yeah, we need if we get five more of these, we're golden." Yeah, there so. it is.
1: So it's I funny. I almost just tried to. Tr- we had a, we had a producer on here, and I won't say who he is, who accidentally last year uh, blurted out that he was working on the new Chili Peppers record that nobody knew existed. And after the thing was done, he was like, "You have to, you have to delete that. I'll get murdered. You cannot put that out." And I was like, oh. Maybe we'll keep it in, maybe we won't, but you're too much of a pro. you were like, I can't talk about the one that I can't talk about. Yeah, that,
6: I don't do I won't I don't sign NDAs with people. I get band trying to give me a sign NDAs. Like,
1: yeah, sh- shut
6: up. <laughs> <laughs> i have been doing this a long time. I'm not supposed to talk about something I won't talk about.
1: Imagine yeah. like the fucking like the 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 balls on that band to be like, we're so important that Mark can't talk about what we're doing. Mark's like, Shut up, pussy, I'll do whatever I want. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I mean but I don't talk about you know people always ask me can
6: you tell us like an embarrassing moment with the big band in the studio Nah, no, no i don't you know i don't really do that you know i mean it's you know it's you're working on an album for a year with say some unnamed big band with with a guitar player and female singer who fight a lot, mm-hmm. and we're boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, not not the not name names, but you know, it's like stuff happens in the studio, and sometimes arguments. So I'm maybe I'm involved with the arguments, you know, <laughs> um, and that's I mean that's just tough because of the tensions. You know, we're in the studio for a year straight working on a record, a double record, and you know. <laughs> shit gets tense sometime and that's all right it's part it's of it what happens if the studio stays in the studio
1: goddamn right dude that's how it has to be and apparently mark is the kind of guy you want in there because he'll keep your secrets and like
3: <laughs>
1: god damn right dude mark Needham. this has been an absolute pleasure everyone thank go so turn much. on the radio and listen to mark's music because it's fucking everywhere so mark it's a pleasure man thank you guys for inviting me thank you so much that mark. was awesome mark thank you so much man all right guys yeah you know uh yeah, I'd love to hear
6: about anything exciting you guys are working on. You know, I'll email you some fun stuff we got going on.
0: Say yeah. yeah, absolutely. Some cool com- I know you don't well. You listen to, to sports talk, so maybe you'll listen to a podcast. But we've had a lot of cool conversations with like the Black Keys and Ice Cube and
6: Chris Chappell from Foo Fighters. And yeah, it's- I want to start putting your podcast on and going back to stuff. You know, there's not a you- there's not a ton of. I mean, there are My music teams are podcasts. sucking this year, so I should. Live, you know,
1: who's yeah. your teams? That's, that's who's true. your teams?
6: I well, I I'm a Rams guy, kind of here. It depends if I'm in LA or Nashville. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're doing okay, but it's early still, you know. So. Hey, Mark, since you're in Nashville, do you know Joe Costa by any chance? I do know Joe Costa.
1: Joe Costa is like my Nashville dad. He uh he does my records down there. Joe is a fucking great guy. I love Joe to death.
6: Yeah, I'm really, I've enjoyed Nashville. And I've been kind of there for about six years on off, but I've probably sort of, you know i've I had a couple of houses over the past few years I bought I'm spending a lot more time here, but it's just kind of a cool scene, you know, just there's so many people musicians from around the world that are moving there, and the, the breadth of the music is certainly getting a lot wider, you know yeah, yeah. yeah but absolutely. but people are really into writing songs via not just country they're you know rock and pop and rap you know so but people are still really focused on writing songs yeah. which but which is your, which is the thing you have to have to have any other shit that we do work you gotta have that great song
1: hey yeah. i'm i'm down there writing in the NSAI building i i'm down there enough that uh i do love it down there but i i don't have any interest in moving there <laughs> i love it but i'm too much of a philadelphia dickhead to move down to nashville <laughs>
6: Do you still live in Phil? You live in Philly, still? Yes, sir. Yep, I, born and raised. Now, I still I like to be be in the you know, uh, my Philly's just a real music town. Although that's that's widening up, that's opening up more. Atlanta's getting to be more of a scene. Oh
1: yeah.
6: Um, but you know, I got. I mean, i got, I can only. I don't know how many houses I want to own. I got. <laughs> I got three. You know, it's like they're here in la and then nashville and we saw the house up in the bay area that my oh, wife yeah. owned you know but it's like i'd love i I i i'm i'm too much of a, of a wuss to go to mixing on a laptop like i like chapped you know i mean andrew you know i would made the transition digital way before andrew to staying in the box and then andrew would always asked me how i was working and you know, and when he made the jump, he just went from the laptops and headphones. Like, damn, you know, I, I wish I could do that, but I like speakers. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah I mix
6: more songs and headphones on airplanes than I care to admit. If I, you know, if I would just go install a in laptop and
1: headphones, then I could just go. I could be everywhere, you know, Each. All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I hate to jump off. I got I have to run tonight, but um, guys, fucking Mark, we'll send you over a little email with some stuff in it. Awesome, man.
3: Thanks again, Mark. We appreciate it. Thank your time you, Mark.
1: There. I Bye. appreciate it. See you guys. Thank you. Guys.